Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang, and welcome back to another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. Brandon Semenuk is a mountain biking savant, a visionary of sorts. He has spent his career reimagining the current status quo of how mountain biking should look and be portrayed to the world while also racking up wins across multiple disciplines like Slopestyle and Red Bull Rampage. He's also a two-time American Rally Champion and has always been a bucket list guest for me on the podcast. I've always admired the way he approaches his writing and his eye for content, and I was stoked to finally get the chance to record an episode with Brandon Semenuk. Now, if you want to hear an ad-free version of this podcast, as well as get early access to these episodes, plus unique original Gypsy Tales video content, then make sure you head to gypsytales.com. It's only $11.99 a month, and the money from the site goes directly into our content budget to bring you more of the shows you love. We are just about to upload shows with Rob Beams, Kyle Strait, Cody Webb, and bombhole host Chris Grenier. Now, before we get into this episode, though, I want to share with you some awesome news regarding our first ever race, the Gypsy Tales 500, happening in Mesquite, Nevada on the 9th of March this coming year. Verb, Moto, and Gypsy Tales are putting on an eight-hour Grand Prix-style event in Mesquite, Nevada, using one of my favorite events, Australia's Transmoto Series, as inspiration. This will be an eight-hour team or solo, if you're a savage, race with your boys or your girls. The course will consist of a tamed-down moto track and and an off-road loop averaging 20-minute lap times with the goal of having fun, having some beers, and racing your buddies. And it's also worth noting that this is a 125cc and up race, so no mini bikes are allowed. Now, as far as the course goes, it's going to be part moto and part off-road. Sunday's loop will be a unique course with an average lap time of around 20 minutes. The loop will include terrain for the average rider along with tamed down motocross track. So no mandatory doubles or any of that stuff. Again, this is a vibe race and will be built for all rider levels. Basically, you just start the race and you do as many laps as a team as you can in 8 hours and 20 minutes, 500 minutes overall, aka Gypsy Tales 500. For more information, head to verbmoto.com slash gypsytales500. And it's also worth noting that there are only 200 team slots, so getting quick before it sells out. Now, when I started drinking AG1 daily, I really saw and felt a difference in not only my daily health, but in my energy levels and also my ability to focus. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously redefining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I wake up every day and instead of taking a daily multivitamin, I scoop one scoop of AG1 powder with water and drink that instead. I love the taste of every scoop and I love that it includes things such as B vitamins for energy and support, probiotics for gut support, and vitamin C and zinc for overall immune support. 
This morning ritual has made such an improvement in my overall health. I, along with the Gypsy Gang, recommend AG1 to friends and family because I've seen the real results firsthand. Along with that, this nutritional supplement has a team of doctors and scientists behind it. AG1 is formulated and based on current science that maintains the highest quality standards. If you haven't tried AG1 yet, it's definitely something you should check out. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash gypsytales. That's drinkag1.com slash gypsytales. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's not. It's a ball trimmer from outer space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new performance package, 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0, we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GYPSYGANG. High tech for low places at Manscaped. Now, AI is cool and all, but I think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen. Why is that? Well, because every man knows how scary it can get when going in for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped for all of my sensitive areas. Inside this package, you'll find the star of the show, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth generation trimmer features two interchangeable next gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little, little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. We also have dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones, three length setting combs, and oh, did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too? Also, inside this package, it features the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear, Nose, and Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserve Ball Deodorant, and Crop Soother Toner, as well as two free gifts. Now, that's going to be the Boxes 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 Travel Bag to bring all your travel and comfort game to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GYPSYGANG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. I can promise you you've never seen a ball trimmer that looks like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. Now, today's episode is proudly brought to you by a longtime partner and a product that has been my trusty sidekick for years, Crush Oz, the ultimate solution for keeping your mountain bike in top-notch shape after those epic rides. Crush Oz is a proudly Aussie company that is by riders for riders and their specialized formulas are like a secret weapon against the wear and tear of those intense rides. They know bikes inside and out creating products that make cleaning a breeze and keep your ride looking brand new. Whether it's mud, dust or grime from those rough rides, Crush Oz has got you covered. Their products are gentle on your bike's finish, but tough on the dirt that comes home with you post-ride. So here's the deal. If you are serious about keeping your bike in tip-top shape, head over to crushoz.com. Trust me, after years of riding and testing Crush Oz, I can confidently say that they are the go-to for any rider serious about keeping their rig pristine. As always, we are brought to you by the crew at Fist Handwear, the original glove company and still the best in the game. 
Head to fisthandwear.com and use the code GYPSYGANG for 15% off. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Tropical Auto Group in Rockhampton. If you're in the market for a new or used car, head to tropicalauto.com.au and ask for Kyle. That's it from me, guys. Enjoy this awesome episode with Brandon Seminuk. From the gang, Brandon Seminuk joins us on Gypsy Tales, and I'm pumped. <laughs> uh, good to have you here, mate. We spoke about doing this in Farm Jam in 2020 uh, before the world ended, and uh, and we're here now in 2023, and a whole lot of shit has uh, has gone down. Yeah, I know, man. It's been crazy, uh, obviously. Yeah, it was the first time we kind of connected. You were with Beerman in New Zealand, and I was filming with uh, my buddy Toby and Ben, and, and we were just there for like a short week and cross paths and um yeah i don't know i remember talking about like yeah let's we should do a show we should do a show i'm like yeah sure like for sure well like you're gonna be in america like i'll be there this winter no 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 and then it was like the world ended and yeah yeah now we reconnect three three years later yeah, i guess three years pretty much almost four actually crazy that that was the last farm jam yeah for now yeah i know tell me about it yeah, yeah. the uh the fruit fruit Fru brothers are like literally the best dudes ever um I've had so much fun there. Like we've done film projects there. I've done a couple of farm jams now. And, um, yeah, those dudes rule. They're always like, you know, the hospitality is awesome. And, and they're always like out there riding with us and stuff. So I miss that place. I haven't been back to New Zealand since. So really, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we get to go back and maybe they'll put a jam on at some point. Be so sick. I, um, I feel like that's probably one of Tyler's like end goals with imagination too. Yeah. It's like, could you imagine an imagination course out there? That would be ridiculous. It'd be insane. Yeah. And then think if they, I mean, they kind of, it's not imagination, like it's its own thing, but totally. you know, you, you could see an imagination going down there, but with mountain bikes, with like, you could kind of, that's the kind of place where you could do it. Yeah. You throw a bunch of sports together, but like also like you think about like the property is really big. And if you kind of go up that hill more, it becomes like almost a little more free ridey too. Like maybe less machine built stuff and like you kind of just cut in some interesting things and like there's some logs and rocks to work with and i don't know, like you could probably get pretty weird up there on a moto that like it, like they haven't really touched some of that stuff with yeah. the dirt bikes yet but we were up there with mountain bikes and we we're able to find some kind of cool stuff so yeah that'd be insane could you do like a a rampage style thing there where it's like because rampage is so unique with the terrain but I wonder if a property like that, where it, whether it was you boys or the Moto dudes, where it's like, that's the canvas, find your lines, build your lines. Like It could be pretty cool to do it in that kind of environment too. I, I think New Zealand would be one of those places. Like maybe not like that exact property, but like there's places in New Zealand where you could, do I mean, you can sure. create a free ride event. I, I wouldn't say it's like, it's going to mimic what Rampage is, but in a lot of ways you could have that similar format and um I, I mean i think they've already started to look at some of this for for other mountain bike events but like you have that kind of like crazy elevation like kind of vast open terrain where like you can kind of go anywhere assuming you just like do a little bit of work to the terrain to make it rideable yeah but then you've like find an area that maybe has some more like exposures and and like you know there's already like kind of these natural undulations in the hills so you can start working with that for like lips and landings and yeah, I think if you found the right property, you can make a crazy, like, big mountain event. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess it, it would just give such a contrast to uh, to Rampage, you know? <laughs> like, it's different. just, that's just riding on the moon. Yeah, um, exactly. You'd be like, 
in a nice grass field and then then you're in the desert yeah it'd be totally polar opposite so brandon semenak who is for the people that don't know you how would you describe yourself because i feel like you're one of the most interesting men in in action sports and you have been for a very long time i don't know about that i just just a dude that loves bikes and 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 cars and just pretty much anything with wheels really like uh yeah i I grew up in whistler bc uh started mountain biking at a really young age it's it's a you know whistler's obviously this mountain bike for or mecca for mountain biking and it's you know been a big part of my life and uh throughout the years i've been really passionate about motorsports as well so that's become an element of my life more and more as time's gone on um but yeah i mean i just dude that loves riding bikes and from a business side like there's a whole content kind of world that you're in so i guess like what hats do you wear in the the business side of things that you've got going on yeah i mean you call it a business side but it's really just like is my passion kind of guiding me to certain areas like obviously started you know just just riding you know like i just want to be on my bike all the time and it's like then what what can i do with this and that kind of led me to going to events because I wanted to be able to go and ride these cool courses and new train and travel. And, and then that kind of developed into, okay, like I want to think outside what we're riding on the courses. I want to like, I want to build this and I want to do that. And then, okay, we started doing these, you know, more thought out builds and, and productions around it. And that kind of just like snowballed into like bigger and bigger and different ideas. And, um, so obviously like now there's like this production element of it where I've, I've you know I have like a pretty tight crew of, of talented friends and 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 guys that you know are, are cinematographers, photographers, uh, post production, you know whether it's audio or visual effects, no 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 like there's just like such a good crew around me and then we all work together and make you know stuff that we're inspired to to produce and um, and then yeah obviously competing and mountain biking and then you know rally's always been a, a big passion of mine just like like it was kind of like my escape from mountain biking and then that's yeah. kind of snowballed into yeah. like now I get to do that on a professional level so um, yeah there's you know like lots of aspects to my life but they're all things that I'm like if I had a day job and I was like yeah. saving up to do fun things I'm I'm literally just doing all the fun things I'd spend that money on you know yeah. like I'm like this is my this is my job like all right like at times it's it's a lot of work and it's you know it can get stressful but also really really grateful like I go outside you know I walk outside the door and I'm like okay sweet I'm gonna do the things I would be doing regardless you know if I if I if I had the option opt-in to do anything I would just be doing these things so yeah yeah it's cool I think that's the secret in a way to living the life that you want to live is like what would you do for free exactly yeah (laughs) like and then how do you get paid to do that you know like uh, and i think there's a because there's a way to make money like there's real easy ways to be rich oh yeah (laughs) these days you know and like doing what we do i mean there's there's obviously like a potential that you can make good money but i feel like i'm the same way like i love doing this i would do this for free as a side hustle i'm glad i don't have to yeah but also like I want to race world vets with my boys. So like, how do we make that happen? <laughs> All right, so let's good. film it and let's make, put it on YouTube and let's, I'll do some sponsor deals. And yeah. So it's like, you kind of find a way to just integrate the life you want to live into a business in a sense. Totally. It's like problem solving to just 
do fun shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to figure this out so I can just have the lifestyle I want. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the money thing is it's not even about the money. It's like if I could just figure this out, then I'm doing exactly what I'd be spending the money to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I get like half the shit comped. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. When, when did that start for you thinking like that? Because I think when you look back at your career, like we sort of touched on a little bit of breakfast, like, you know, when you did one shot, that's 10 years ago. And that's, yeah. that's a really long time in, I guess, today's world. Like you could release that right now. It would be kind of out of place in the modern landscape in a sense, but the production value still holds. So it's like you've been on that wave for a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I bring it way back to like, you know, obviously... I was young, I was, I was racing mountain bikes and I, there was a point when I was like, you know, let's say I'm 14 and I was racing and I was like, kind of like, oh yeah, that's going to be, maybe this will be my thing. Maybe I'll, you know, my brother was a professional cross country racer, mountain biking. Yeah. And you know, he was making a bit of money to do it. And I was like, you know, I, I don't like, I was like, whatever, I'm still living in my parents' house, this and that. I'm like, that could be an option though. Like if I make yeah. a bit of money, I could just be, I could just be a mountain biker. And then like, that kind of like dwindled for me in terms of just like the, the challenge. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, the races were getting a bit stale and this and that. And then I started to just like, I'm just gonna ride for fun, you know, and that Mike mountain biking is just gonna be my fun thing. And I'm, you know, I'm still so young at this time. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about the future. I'm just like, I just want to ride and like yeah. do whatever, like hang out with my friends and this and that. And then do you feel much pressure to, to race though? Or like to, when you quit racing, especially if you're like good, you know, you see those kids that are good at it and you're like, okay, you could be professional. And then they quit to do something else. Like, you know, you could think of like a guy like Berriman. Yeah. yeah. Like, Bro, you make like super All the skill night. in the world. Yeah, yeah. You got, you could be the guy, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely did. Like when I like stopped racing, it was kind of like a big thing. I was like, you know, I feel like my parents were like a bit oh, bummed bet. or taken back too. But like my brother had quit at like kind of right before I'd did too and I was just like when he would kind of stopped he was like my motivation to be going to the races because like obviously he's like my hero and like always chasing my brother how around. much older is he seven years oh okay so yeah, he's, so he's like, like a big brother yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly and like obviously I'd go ride with him and his friends and I'd just be like getting like whoop you know they just send me down the craziest <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah um but it was uh it was good for me and like you know and then it was like it kind of like opened my eyes at a young age being like well this is like you know, a lot, it's hard work. Like I, it's, I kind of watched my brother like really struggle. Especially like, in cross country. Cross country is like, you know, you have to kind of work your way through the classes to even get to a point where you're like, you might get sponsorship, might get paid and this and that. And he was like, he wasn't making enough money to like do what he was doing. And he was like, you know, really, you know, you're going just super grind. gnarly on your body. Like the, the endurance sports are crazy. And then it just, it took a toll on him. And he's like, I, I, he saw something, you know, he was going to move forward with whatever direction he was, he was planning to go. And, um, for me, I was like, well, maybe racing's not for me either. And like, I've been enjoying like, just, you know, like going to the dirt jumps or like, I didn't even have a bike park pass. Like, you know, I just like, I got my, like, I got a race bike every like year or two. And that was kind of like where my parents would help me out. They'd take me to the races and I'd get a, a new race bike for like every second season. And you were doing downhill? No, I was doing cross country. Cross, cross country. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have like a dirt jump bike. I didn't have a downhill That's bike. Crazy. You know, I'm like living in Whistler and all my friends like go ride the bike park. And I'm like, man. That'd be fun too. And then, so when I stopped racing, I was like, well, like, cause I was just like, I'd go to the dirt jumps, but I just like take my cross country bike sometimes. Cause it's like all I had. And then yeah. I said, like stopped racing, but I bought like super dirt cheap, like found like there's a, there's an Australian that was like leaving the country and he had like a dirt jump bike. He's like, I'll give it to you for like 200 bucks. I'm like, 
done. done. You know, yeah. I wrote, I wrote like a, that thing was annihilated when I was done. That's like there. a life changing. It was, right it was, I was like, oh, this is something I can afford. And then I was like at the jumps with my buddies like every day. And then, you know, I got to like, go, just go, I didn't have a bike park pass, but I'd hike up the hill and ride the slope style course. And then, and then through like a shop deal, kind of like, kind of little bike, bike sponsor deal. I got a few more bikes and then I had a down on bikes and I was riding the bike park and yeah, it like, it definitely like escalated really, really fast. Yeah. Like I, I'd say I'd, I stopped racing when I was like kind of the end of like when I was 14, like the end of that summer, I stopped racing and I was like, kind of had the dirt jump bike throughout that summer. Yeah. And then by like the beginning of the next year, I was like on a trip to Europe with like a full free ride team, like, like Der- uh, Gareth, Gareth Dyer. Yeah. And, uh, Niels Winfield, uh, Tron Hansen, like all these like really like established. Top, yeah. yeah Top yeah, tier, yeah, like free yeah. ride slope style athletes at the time. And I was doing like this, you know, European bike park tour. And I like ended at like this, uh, it was called two, six tricks in Leo gang. It was like a big dirt jump contest, like probably the biggest dirt jumps that existed at the time. And like, that's where like, like the two week bike, you know, bike park trip ended. And it was like a whole content thing. And then they let me into the contest and I was like, dude, I was like, it was like crazy. Like just so how fast it changed. That's a whirlwind. Yeah. For me. And I was like, when I stopped racing, it was really the mindset of like, Oh, I'm just like mountain biking is going to be my fun thing. And then when I get older, I'll figure out what I'm like excited to do. Like maybe I'll be a firefighter or whatever it ends up being. <laughs> but, um, and then it was like, yeah, like six months later, all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, like someone's paying me to like go around the world and ride all this new stuff. I'm like, this is exactly what I was looking for. This is what I wanted. Again, I'm like 15 years old, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is it. Like, this is great. That's why, why did you get so good so quick? Like, did the skills just translate or like, cause it seems pretty insane that you could go from doing cross country. Like, obviously there's bike skill on that, but there's no massive gaps. You've got to stare at, you're not doing any trick. Like that's a completely different animal. It's very different. Yeah. I would say like, uh, the like jumping part of it wasn't like supernatural. Like, like that was something I just like, I just worked, worked on up. over a long period of time, but the, like the trails in Whistler growing up, like the stuff that we like race cross country on, like we're like downhill tracks, okay. you know, and we're on like full rigid bikes. Yeah. With no suspension. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, like they're, they're terrible when you look at them now. And it's like, so I'm like, that's obviously like, I feel like that played a big part of like where I built up my skills as yeah. a rider. And like, yeah. I feel more comfortable in like, looking at terrain for the first time and figuring out how to ride it and this and that. Whereas like, I've always felt like I've had to work really hard to be good at like jumping and like mm. learning the tricks and things like that. It's just taking the time. Um, but I, I just enjoyed it so much that I was like, I put the effort in and, and then the other skills kind of maybe came a bit easier where like, if I went to like a free ride event, I felt comfortable. And then I was trying to infuse some of the tricks that I had or was learning. And, and then when it was slope style, I was like, I felt comfortable riding the courses, but then again, it was like hard to trick them. And yeah, yeah, it was like, I had to work hard to get really comfortable, you know, to show up and just be able to like put down the tricks. Yeah. Um, Which is what you ended up being known for too. Which is funny because like people were like, oh, he's a slope style kid that, that like, you know, went on to win rampage or whatever. And I'm like, I was really like cross country. I was the cross country kid, you know, like I just rode like, I rode, I rode mountain bikes, you know, I was like slope style was not my thing but it it quickly became like a big part of my riding when I had that opportunity, like the slope style on the Worcester bike park just sat there and no one monitored it. It wasn't like now where like, you're not allowed to touch it. Mm. Like I could just walk up the hill. I didn't even have to pass and I could just ride it all day. So it was like, at that point it was like, yeah, that thing that changed my life. Like the fact that I could just go do that. 
Um, cause you know, I'm like, well, I could go ride the trail I've ridden a thousand times where I could ride the slope style course. And like these jumps were really fun. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I was up there literally every day. And what, one thing that I always find interesting from a, like being an adult now, like I found stuff like I raced as a kid, I raced downhill. That was my first thing that I did. And I then was on moto and it's like, I just, I didn't like mentally, I always thought I didn't have enough talent and like, I kind of mentally just didn't have it. Like I just told myself I wasn't going to be good. I didn't practice properly. Like (laughs) I just thought I was shit and I was going to stay shit forever. And like then later on in life, like with martial arts and then moto and like just the things that I've done, I realized I'm like, Oh bro, like you just fucking didn't try. Like you actually didn't have the knowledge of like what it took to do things properly. So I, I always when I see someone like you that's a young kid, 14, 15, something doesn't come natural or easy to them. There was obviously some like internal conversation that you were having with yourself that got you on that hill every single day and started that slow progression. So like so many people don't do that. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, yeah. It was really just me wanting to ride all the time. Like there was no, like, I want to be better. I want to be better. It was just like, I just wanted to be on my bike. And then like, just with my, I know personality. I like remember I had a seven year older brother, so I was challenged on everything my whole life. Like, you know, sitting at the dinner table, playing video games, this and that. Like it was always like I always had like this like you know barrier in front of me. So when I got on my bike, it was like I kind of was like already like felt like I was conditioned to like oh I want to hit this jump. Okay, I've hit it, and now I want to trick it, and and I'm struggling with this trick, but I'm just gonna fight it until I get it. And then that was like kind of there, but you gotta remember I was also grew up in Whistler, which is like, you know, all the big free ride dudes. Like, you know, you go to the mm. bike park, it's Richie Slay, it's Wade Simmons, it's Gareth Dyer, so Thomas Vanderham. All. I'm like, I'm like, I'm the smallest fish in the pond. And then even in my school, you've got like Sean Pettit, Callum Pettit, Kai Peterson, best they're all like the best big mountain skiers in the world. And then there's Mikey Wren's best, you know, big mountain snowboarder. And like, these are the dudes that I'm going to school with Alex pro. No, no, no. Like, I'm like, I was a nobody, you <laughs> yeah, know? And I was like, just surrounded by same, grinders. same feeling. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not naturally talented. Like all these dudes are so much better at like their given sport than I am at mine. And, but I just, I just enjoyed it so much. And then I was, it was also motivating having like just these people around like, wow, look at these dudes. Like they're just killing it all the time. And uh, they probably being able to see a level too. Yeah, well, and then you get conditioned to the level. Like, yeah, that's, you just, that's just see the level. Even when we go skiing, it's like those are the dudes I'm skiing with. You're like, I guess I got to like, I got to at least be able to keep up. But yeah. like keeping up was even like a high level of skiing. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah. it's just, you're a product of your environment. And I think that translated a lot with my mountain biking of just, I sort of like, at a young age, it was like, well, that's just how good I should be. Yeah. But then when you start traveling, you're like, wow, I'm so fortunate. Like the place I live, like the, you know, the terrain and experience that I've been given. And, and then, yeah, I just, I, I just loved it, man. So I was just like doing it all the time and it, it just kind of progressed much quicker than I thought. Yeah, man. To go from just cross country to getting a dirt jump bike to then just literally being a paid dude to go around the world. Yeah. That's such a crazy quick transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And and then uh, even at that point, you know, I was like, whatever, all the way till I was probably 18, 19, you know, I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be my career. Like it was, it was working and I was getting to travel and I was doing events and, you know, 18 
kind of like was my bigger breakthrough with like contests where I'm like, okay, now I'm like at the level I could win an event. Like yeah. got a, I got one or two event wins and then it was like the next season I was like, okay, like I could come in here and maybe win like the overall of like whatever series is going on. And, but it, yeah, still at that time I was like, this isn't my long-term plan. I'm just mm. like, I'm just kind of like fell into this situation and almost felt like I'm like, I'm just like a dude that likes riding bikes and I'm kind of like got this opportunity to travel and ride and make a bit of money at it. And, um, and then I would say 19 was probably the biggest shift where I was like, I was kind of like, I got to go all in or I'm like, mm. just going to kind of continue on this path. And then like, it could go either way, but yeah. What's all in look like? Um, basically like I was just like, I'm going to buy a house with property. I'm going to build a course. Mm. I'm just going to like surround myself with like like-minded people that want to like film, ride, you know, yeah. progress. Um, so you built a cult in BC. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the black like, cult. And it, which isn't hard because it's like, again, it's <laughs> yeah. like everyone rides. You yeah. know, there's so many talented people around. All my good friends were like doing this and they, yeah. they were on like the same trajectory or like they were making money to do their, you know, whether they were more content focused or event focused or they were just, you know, athletes kind of, you know, they're just riding all the time and they're, they had other opportunities going on. Um, but I was just like, for me, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to like literally throw all my chips in, like mm. spend all the money I've made to kind of like build this up. And I'm like, either it's going to work out cause I'm going to like become such a better rider with like having this, this like be able to walk outside my door and do the things I want to do or do practice things I need to practice. Or, you know, maybe I get hurt and I lose the house and then I'm just like every other broke 19 year old, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was in my mind, I was like, I got nothing to lose. Like, for sure. Well, let's just go for it. And it, it was, uh, I, I put myself in a bit of a crazy situation cause it was like, kind of like if I didn't win X amount of like prize money, like I, I probably would have lost the house. That's sick. <laughs> but it was like, I had like, an insane year, you know, like I progressed so much that you're having that stuff at my disposal. And like, like I was also just so excited to ride my bike again. Cause I could just go outside and ride this like totally new stuff like this. And you were able to build what you wanted, build like, what I no want restrictions. Yeah. Cause like I started riding slope style contests because that stuff didn't exist. The only way you got to ride a slope style course or like those to, features was going to the was contest. To the contest. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. interested in competing at all, but I wanted to ride the stuff so bad that it was like, I went there for the practice. Hmm. And then now it's like, I have this in my backyard. I don't even need to like go to the contest to get to ride this stuff anymore. It's like, I can just literally walk outside and do it. And that was for me at that time was just like, like I was like, so, so about it. That's so sick. The, the all in mindset is hard to wrap your head around for like 90 something percent of the population you'd assume, yeah. you know, like again, not, not many so people. Young. Yeah, well, I think even in that time, you know, like the pressures to go to college and the pressures to like find a wife that, you know, a wife's <laughs> yeah. not going to want to date some <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, sure. mountain bike bum with yeah, all his friends. Yeah. And his, like there's so many pressures in life, especially at that age, I think that, I mean, you've got more freedom at that age, but, you know, it still stops a lot of people from investing all the way in themselves. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think I also like it was a bit of the culture I grew up in. Like my, mm. my parents were ski bums that like moved to Whistler cause they just wanted to ski. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, you know, while I was doing cross country racing, I had a hard time. Like I was always gone through like the school year. So then I started doing like correspondence, like basically I just do school at home, like yeah. on my own time. So I'd just ride all day and then I do school in the How evenings. How was that? It was challenging a bit, but 
I feel like it, I mean, it, yeah, there's, there's a lot of aspects to that where I'm like, it was good for me. It was bad for me. But the one thing I really take out of it was like, it helped me be a good problem solver, which like, mm. I think like now with like the production stuff or like trying to piece together like a shoot and like well, just a, prepare for a contest and, yeah. and like, yeah, things like that where I'm like, I didn't have a, it wasn't like homeschool where you have like someone teaching you. It was like literally like, here's the textbook, here's the work. And you just had to check the boxes. But if I got stuck on like, I didn't understand something, it was like literally just stare at the book for five hours until you understood it. Like, and it was sort of like you learn to break things down and like just problem solve until you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, now I can move forward. Um, so in that sense, it was probably good for me. What were the negatives from it? Do you think? Uh, you know, I just, it was a bit weird not being at school. Like yeah. all my friends are at school and then all of a sudden I'm just like feeling like a little bit disconnected from the world. I was like very much a part of like these groups of people. And then I was traveling and I come back and I'm like, these people have like changed. Like, yeah. you know, like these are, they're, they all, you, you don't do this anymore. Or you're not into that anymore. Or like, I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't like I didn't have like a solid group of people at home. It was yeah. like all my friends were like in other countries now, mm. which was maybe, maybe like a good and a bad thing as well. But it was just like, yeah, it was weird to be like, almost feel like not connected to yeah. my hometown anymore. Yeah. Um, at that age, you know, I'm like super young. It's like your whole, yeah, you didn't have social yeah. media and stuff. Yeah. It was like your social environment was like the classroom and like what people did after school. And then it was like, I didn't have that anymore. Um, I actually started hanging out with like a lot of the, the ski team because they were all doing correspondence too, uh, but they mountain biked in the summer. So they ended up becoming like my group of friends and like, it was sweet because whatever, like in the winters I'd be gone anyways, I'd be in California or wherever riding. And then in the summers I get to ride with those dudes during like a school day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was pretty good, but yeah, it was, it was interesting, but again, so, uh, kind of elaborate on that more the correspondence program stopped when I was like just wrapping up grade 11. So I got back from a trip and I went to school to go hand in the work and like the classroom that the correspondence thing, like where you'd go and hand it in, you do your tests was just gone. Like it just, I was like, I, like, I think I asked a janitor and he was like, yeah, yeah that doesn't exist anymore. Like, okay. <laughs> what? Crazy. And like, yeah. So the teacher that was doing it, like I let go and like the whole thing. Um, so I never even finished high school. It was just kind of like, it was sort of like what I had at the time was bikes. And I was just like, cool. I'm just going to like focus on that now, I guess, you know, like I don't even have to think about the work. I just literally, I can go ride all day if I want. That's so sick. Yeah. Like, man, it, it's crazy when you kind of unpack everything yeah. the way yeah. that it all shaped in for you, because even like to hear you say that, you know, one of the downsides was that you're disconnected and kind of like away from the classroom and like that social setting, like, I feel like in a sense your writing has kind of even reflected that a little bit. Like it sort of seemed like you were a dude that kind of was like, there's mountain biking. That's what mountain biking is. I'm going to be over here on a mountain bike doing what I think is mountain biking in a sense. Yeah. It gave me my independence. Definitely. And I mean, I feel like I always had a bit of my own independence, but like more so with that where I'm just like, I just did stuff on my own. Like I was fine with that. I didn't need like someone holding my hand or a group of people around me to be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this. I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. Like yeah. if I have to do it by myself, it's the thing I want to do. So I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say in that sense, I think that's translated, translated to, to my mountain biking a bit and where like 
maybe I'm okay to like step outside the mold a bit because I've got an idea and like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll fail. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it'll lead to something else. Um, but I've always been okay with just being like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to step over here for a little bit and just try this dabble yeah. with this. Um, but it's, and then, you know, that attitude's led to great things too. Like I was always pretty scared of like feeling like I was going to fail at, um, you know, these certain ideas, like, you know, that was like a real stressful thing to me. And nowadays I'm just like, you know, like if I fail, I fail. It's like, (laughs) if I don't try it, I'll be like more bummed or more stressed out. So I'm just like, yeah, I feel like I've, I've kind of grown past that part of it where I'm like, I'm okay to like, do something a little different than everyone thinks I should be doing, you know, and just be like, Hey, we'll just, just sit back and like, yeah. let me show you like what the plan is. You know, like I have it in my head. Yeah, Just wait and I see. feel like yeah. this will be valuable. And then if it's not, then I'm like, okay, I can always go back to what I was doing or this or that. Or like if it works and I'm like, here you go. Like, here's the facts. Like yeah. this worked out. And then it builds for the next one and the next totally. one and the next one. And yeah. then it just get, it just like, it's just like a boost for me to be like, sweet. Like there's a new way for me to express myself, a new way for me to like, interpret mountain biking or whatever it is, you know, like just the production or something like that. Um, you know, I, I just, I never wanted mountain biking to get stale for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that was like one thing I didn't want to feel like I was just ever working a day job. Like, we're like, it's going to be the same thing over and over. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like if it fails and like, it doesn't work out for me, if I like got to do the things I want to do, like, I didn't want to have to just do it and make it feel like a day job. Cause that just like ruins mountain biking for me. It's like, yeah. I'd rather like keep that as like something that's like, like step away and I still love it. Yeah. 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 Cause the, the homeschool thing, like I fucking hated school so much. Like it was so bad. Like just to, I did the full 12 years of just drudgery, you know, grinding it out. And the whole time I was like, I just don't know that I could put my kid through this. Like yeah. there's some people that like school and there's some people that it's just not a big deal, you know? But to me, I was just like, fuck, I hate this. I hate everything about this. And there was stuff that like, I would say I'm fairly smart. Like I can kind of pick stuff up, but there's some stuff I'm just like, I don't care. Right. Like literally if, if you're delivering me this information <laughs> as X, Y, Z, like there's no application here. Yeah. But if you said to me like, okay, 42 to one or 32 to one. Okay. Oh, that's two stroke. You know, yeah, like yeah, there, totally, there's totally. a way that I could do this. Yeah. Or if there's like, I ended up wanting to be an engineer yeah. because I loved bikes. Like my, all my uncles built bikes. My dad built bikes. Like that was a thing. And once I started hated math, I hated all that. But then once I started to figure out, Oh, a ratio that's like fuel. And yeah. then, you know, you start torque settings and there's all this, where if like that was delivered to me, I feel like I'd be a much quote unquote smarter person, right, you know, right. but when it's like packaged in such a, a way where it's just knowledge, like you're giving me the, the base thing, but with, it's almost like there wasn't any context that I cared about. Yeah. So or it's like, like a future way to look at it being like, oh, this is useful to me. A hundred. Like, why am I learning this? Yeah. And then, you know, there, I mean, there's just a million reasons why for me, I think it would be better. Like. I can imagine a kid giving a kid like you the freedom and cause you're smart as well. Like I think that helps like when you're smart to begin with to have to figure stuff out, you know, like you can get past those roadblocks, yeah. but 
for me, I was like, even now, I still think like when we have kids, it's like, man, just don't, you don't, do you do not have to, like, I'm going to, you go to school, but if there's a day you come home and you say, fuck this place, yeah. then like, I'm cool with it because totally. I'd always think like, you know, Burley or you live up in the Gold Coast or Moto or mountain bikes or whatever. It's like, you want to learn, you want to learn about geography. Where's their yeah. waves? Yeah. Why are there waves here? you know what predicts a wave you know swell the moon like there's just all of these things that's in that that you could teach a kid where it's like you never have if, if surfing's your thing i can teach you business i can teach you geography yeah. i can teach you physics i can teach you thermodynamics life like, skills there's so much in that and it's like book a trip start a brand you know like just these little kind of things and Obviously, it's like you yeah got to have the resources to kind of do that. But yeah, you know, there's if if you can, I feel like there's a lot of value um, in that. But I guess you don't know. Like you said, there was some negatives that kind of come. And everyone's everyone's a bit different too, which is tough, right? Like some people, like I'd say for me, like I was I was I was good. Like I was good at doing the work, but I had a really hard time sitting in the classroom. Yeah. So that it was nice when I didn't have to sit in the classroom because I would just like when I needed to do the work, I'd just sit down and I was like straight to it and I'd just like hammer it out. And then but like sitting in the classroom and it being kind of like as soon as it was like something I didn't it was information I didn't need, like I felt like I already knew it or like it wasn't helping me get the work done at the end of the day. I was just like I was gone. I yeah. was like, I, I'm already you've lost me. Yeah. Um, the one really cool thing with when I did the correspondence was I got to. I got to start picking um, like what types of like, like, like math. I got to start mm. picking what type of math I did. Yeah. So like school, you just learn like your typical, like it was like, you know, it was like algebra or whatever. I got to just, I was like, I'm going to do math essentials. It taught me how to do my taxes. Yeah. And I was like, I like at the time it was like, I wasn't making any money, so it didn't matter. But like now I look back, I'm like, thank God I picked that. That was like. I'm like, never use algebra in my life, but obviously as like a self-employed person, I'm like, I have the most complicated taxes ever. And now I like at least understand it, you know, to a certain point where I like, I'm not going to get, you have like competency. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, I can deliver this to my bookkeeper and like, make sure I did it as best I could do it. And like, I understand what they're telling, like when they come back and like, Hey, you need to do this, this and this. I'm like, I understand what they're talking about when they're like, you know, throwing crazy tax terms at me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I get it enough um i'm just like why aren't we learning this stuff in school in the first place dude when i i started to i've always been pretty bad at them like the money so i just i don't give a fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. Long, as long as i got enough money yeah. like i look a few months into the future yeah. and i'm like this is what i want to do this is where i want to be this is where i want to be like who i want to be with yeah it's gonna probably take about this much money <laughs> sweet i need that much money yeah so i but once you start getting employees and staff and like actually dealing with that shit, then I got, I was lost for a bit yeah. and I had to go super deep. Like I probably spent, it was through COVID. Like I went really hard on just the whole accounting side of things, just different tax laws, what different right. businesses, man, what did, so like, you know, now I, well, 
this whole last year has been a lot with like the Dubai and here and all that sort of stuff. But man, I'm, I can have conversations now with an accountant and be like, no, 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 you need to look into this. Like I shouldn't be paying that. Yeah. Like yeah. here's all this shit. Like that's just videos I'm watching, but that dude's an accountant who does it. Like have a look at this and there'll be guys like, oh fuck, I didn't know that. That's so it's crazy. like, it makes a huge difference. And all I thought while I was doing like my year of just like studying, like tax breaking it shit, down, I was like, the fuck don't I know this? Yeah. And and I made more money as a result of it. And like when I oh. dip in and out, like I try and be in my zero like every few days. Yeah. But if, if I'm not, like shit starts tanking. Yeah, you know? totally. So, yeah, it's like it helps you long term just like if you understand it, you can start putting yourself in like, okay, like uh, I need to, I need these many, this much business, business expenses to fit in this tax bracket or whatever. And then all of a sudden you've, you've made yourself money essentially by the yeah. end of the year. Cause you're like, well, I did the right thing. It's like, well, you can easily screw yourself over or set yourself up. Um, just, and it's, it's really like, it is fairly simple. You just have to like know mm. what it is and what it takes and then pay attention to it. Yeah. But this just doesn't get really taught at all. Never. Like just money in general. Never, like yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in Australia, especially where we grew up too, like it's not really like, that many people had money you know so it yeah. just i just don't ever think it was a conversation that came up you yeah. know like in the taxes it's just so yeah. breezed over yeah. you get old and then you realize like this it's is what all I should of learn. life yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's literally so yeah, fucking yeah, important yeah. Yeah. but i just think that there's yeah there's a bunch of stuff that in that correspondence route like if you're the type of person that could do it i just feel like it's a just a huge benefit to be able to because I just think people learn off their interests. Like my brother's a perfect example. Like dude was fucking basically illiterate <laughs> when he started working. He started working for like a distributor in Australia. Oh, you might know Johnny Lusty Industries in, in Oz. They do like Troy. Sounds Lee. familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, do yeah. Santa Cruz and all right, that. Right, yeah, right, yeah. 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 So he started working for them like back in the day as like the GoPro rep. Like he used to go to races and turn fucking GoPros on. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, he ended up managing Toby Price and then now he does like oh. Jack Miller, Jack Doan, Mick Doan. Like he's just got this huge roster of dudes that he works with. And like would, would when he got to that job for the first time, never sent an email. He was a builder by trade. Yeah. And he would have to send work emails. He'd send them to my mum first. My mum would proofread his emails and send them back and then he'd do it. Now the dude just runs like the fucking gnarly Amazing. Business. Well, he obviously hustles then. But he was interested. Like he wanted yeah. to yeah. learn based on he's like okay this is the problem i need to solve how do and i'm here with like no i'm basically dumb as fuck in this area you know so it's like but when you've got the end goal and you've got that vision in mind it's like so much easier to work through that like even you know think about like all what you know with mountain biking like Berriman the other day at Imagination it was like 38 degree lip then they went to 34 and then they took eight feet off the down ramp and then they second guess and they're like, all right, let's go to 36 and then I set them to, you know, so it's like they're doing math oh, yeah. all the time. Like <laughs> yeah. everything's math to be Tyler Berman. From it's the experience, yeah. you know, just, yeah. and just like your brother, like he, he found an area he was stoked on, but he got another ground level. It's like, well, we all do that. Like we started mountain biking, started motoing, whatever it is. And we sucked the first time we did it. But then we like, you gain the experience, you gain the experience, but you've put yourself in this environment that you love. So you will continue to like, invest yourself in it and get this experience to become like a professional or a master at it. And yeah, it's like, like you said, with Beerman, like he's like, he just knows like how many times has he hit a jump that size 
or he knows like where the lip needs to be and like how fast he needs to go. And it's just, I mean, the same thing when we were building now, it's like, I didn't yeah. know half this stuff 10 years ago. I'm like, thank God I've like got this information now. It makes, makes it so much easier. Cause I'm like, I can literally look back at like every similar feature I've hit yeah. and been like, okay, I was kind of this fast and the pop is kind of like this. And you know, we needed the lip like that and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, like you just have a dot. You can now. break it down in your head, but it's like, it's like, it's not even like, it's not like you're a mathematician, but it's like, you just, you just, you can literally visualize it. Like, yeah. you know, just kind of like, this is how it should be. Yeah. Dude, I think all the time how crazy it is the calculations that our brain do when we write. <laughs> yeah. Like, even for me, I'm not that good at writing, but it's like, I'll go to a new track and then you see someone hit a jump and then it like a double, like you yeah. can't half, there's jumps you can't No, it's half like you jump, need to right? get over this. And you just figure like your brain does the math. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously like what you said, it's based on a data, a database essentially of what you've done in the past. And that's why repetition and iteration yeah. helps. But it blows my fucking mind sometimes how it's like, how does a person just do that? And then you go to imagination or like farm jam. I mean, like you've seen, do you, were you at the half pipe at farm jam when Berriman was doing the, the half pipe session? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when he sent the, like, everyone was kind of hitting that whip jump yep, hitting the, yep. and then one lap, he just goes, and goes like double as far as anybody at first go like there's no runner there's no yeah, check yeah. what like how do you calculate that and that's all just like the brain doing its thing it's so weird yeah like obviously he has like an idea of like just by looking at it and obviously he's ridden around the yeah. zone a bit he's kind of like 360 that jump like just like basically gone around it enough and looked at it from every angle it's like a where, mental map almost. where he's like yeah exactly he's broke it down in his head and he's probably like okay i'm gonna go you know this gear this much and this is what i'm gonna do but then there's also just that bit of intuition where it's like comes with experience so he's like he's on the lip basically and he's probably like okay Adjusting. you know what yeah i'm gonna tune it a bit here yeah it's like i need to give it more give it less i'm gonna pop it whatever but like yeah it's kind of funny that like you've you've got like a pretty good science to it yeah and then like in like that split second before you're like actually hitting it you're adjusting you're like oh no this is it yeah all intuition yeah. like yeah. the did you see the 180 footer that he jumped at imagination yeah like the first time so we were there like Crazy. on the ground the first this is the other thing that's cool so like let's take all the math that we just spoke about but then the fucking nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah, there's one there's like one thing to trust yourself enough to put it into like play you're yeah. like all right now we do it yeah, yeah. it will do so he it was cool like we got there right before right after mcdonald's crashed and then they kind of shut everything down practice yeah. stopped and then so tb's like let's go back to the barn he did an ice bath and the whole time he's like so this dude mcnails just has this fucking crazy crash breaks his pelvis breaks his femur gets airlifted out like literally worst case scenario glad he's all right yeah actually probably it's obviously not worst case scenario the crazy thing as well on a sidebar is we get there they the heli's there and they're like don't worry, i think it's just a broken femur and everyone's like whoo thank yeah. god like that's still insane <laughs> where the fuck are we yeah 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 totally. <laughs> that we say thank god yeah. to a broken femur but so that's all just happened right so then we he goes oh come back to the thing i'm gonna do an ice bath we'll chill i hadn't seen him for a bit so then we drive back does his ice bath the whole time he's hitting this jump he goes back gets his gear on and just starts running the jump i'm like bro like what is going on 
to where you have that level of like belief and commitment and like at no point like in my head if i'm putting myself in his shoes if i see that i'm like maybe it's a little too windy yeah maybe today's yeah, yeah. not the day like dude i think about that to do fucking 20 minute moto at Glen helen right. with no jumps let alone that so it's like yeah there's the element of calculating the, the jump and the speed and the wind and like there's physics going on constantly and then there's this whole other emotional side of the brain that's mitigating risk putting any negativity out of your mind actually committing like real like you've got to like know yourself in that moment yeah. and i think well i mean for me like i'm not that guy no you know like you, if you put me in those situations like i mean i went and raced a couple of weeks ago and i just there's jump there's jumps i didn't jump there was yeah. like a big triple i could have done it it was well within Your my ability level, to do yeah. it yeah. and i just didn't want to do it like that conversation with myself ended in me saying no i'm not doing right. this you know so like those things to to come into play that's what is special and yeah. like rampage is a crazy example of that too yeah man i mean i, I get that that's what kind of separates the people that take it to that level, you know, like that or kind of chasing that like mastery of a sport. And I don't want to speak for Tyler, but like, you know, imagination is like his brainchild. Like yeah. he's put himself in that position, like before the course was even built, like he was like, like, Oh, we're going to build this jump before it existed. He's like, he's already like thinking about it in his head, hitting it in his mind and like, okay, obviously his friend goes down and it's like in most scenarios you'd be like this is just a bad day let's just step yeah. back but he's like he's still like going like it's like i'm confident in my abilities i've like already made up my mind like this stuff's going down For, so he just like boom gears on i'm ready like yeah. he's already been ready um and like you you definitely like i get that a lot with like film projects where you're like i've spent months maybe a year or two trying to piece like this this whole production together like from you know the creative the tricks what the build's gonna look like what what lighting situations we're gonna shoot in this and mm. that and it's like once you're just like in it you're just like dude i've like been preparing for this for so long like nothing's gonna stop me from just like getting this thing done mm. like okay i gotta hit this feature it's a little windy i'm like okay well it's not windy enough that i can't hit it so i'm like okay you know you weigh the odds you're like okay, i'm gonna hit it like well you just you just like go through the motions and it's just like then you take the next step. You're like, hey, hit it. Okay, I'm um, going to do a couple more practices. Okay, I'm ready for the trick. Okay, the light's going to be good in 30 minutes. Like, we're going to get this trick, and then we're going to hustle over here, and then I've, I've already practiced this other thing, so we'll get the next trick. Like, you're, like, one step ahead of yourself before you've even done mm. it. Um, yeah, it's weird to be, like, getting, like, you've got a trick, and it's like, okay, they need another, like, run in or this or that, or maybe you got to do the trick again. You're already thinking about, like, the next, the next trick that you're yeah. going to go film in 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, it's 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 just like uh it's one of those things where you like you just you've just put yourself there and you've kind of like you've come to terms with all the other mental aspects of it of like the risk and the whatever the mm. you know the practicing and and breaking down the trick and this and that it's like in the moment you're just like you're just like let's just get it done do you, do you have a, like a memory as a kid or do you have any reference of a time where you just you, you really had like a hurdle in front of you mentally of like I don't want to do this or like this is this is gnarly but then you kind of pulled the trigger and it, it almost acted as like a um I don't know like maybe a that then that moment proved to you that you could then 
use that system whatever you just did to overcome that one thing on everything going forward it's like it just unlocks something in your psyche because i think a lot of people get like i'd say i'd still be stuck on that you know like there's yeah. just stuff where i'm like you know what, fuck it i'm not it's just not it's not i'd love to do some of that stuff probably have the skill but mentally it's just i'm not i'm not going to cross that threshold you know yeah. it's like is there a time where you do it and then you're like okay i can do this yeah i don't i don't think i've had like one, one big yeah. hurdle but like i like still like i still have small hurdles all the time of like just like little things of like it's like you understand it a bit more like you can kind of like go into situations a bit more confident um but yeah just like just like little things and you know there was times where i was competing and it was like you kind of just realize like, oh, if I just do this one little extra thing, all of a sudden I'm like competitive again. And you've come over that hurdle of mm. like, can I even compete? And then it's like, all of a sudden you like, you realize you can win the event. And then it's like the mindset changes completely going to the next event. Cause you're like, I've got the skills. Like, yeah. And it's like, you just, you just, you've switched your focus to like, am I gonna, am I gonna just play it safe? Or do I'm like, I've just changed my mind to like, no, like it's like, I've got the ability to win. I'm mm. just going to fully go for it. Like there's no point trying to do a safety run at this point and you just and that like changes your perspective of like the risk is kind of like you've put that aside because you've already committed to like mm. going to 100 percent of your abilities and then yeah just i mean there's just so many little things of like little preparation things and and putting yourself in the right situation that just kind of help thing help make things a little bit more simple or like fluid when you're actually doing it yeah um but I mean, like I said, I, I still learn things all the time. I'm just like, wow, like, how have I not been doing this for years? And it's just like the smallest little things. But um, yeah, definitely. There's definitely been moments. I'd, I'd say in like the, the big thing for me, it was always like when I made the decision to kind of like really put the effort, like kind of like commit to being a professional athlete was like the taking the gray area away like mm, like half in half out maybe. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah like it's like i've i've you know assumed the risk like i i know what what i'm in for but looking at it like okay like hey what if i decided not to be a professional mountain biker anymore what does my life look like mm. and i'm like well i'd be doing something else and i'd probably still be riding my bike at a very high level because it's just what i love to do so i'm like do I just ride my bike at a high level and I, all I need to do is give it an extra 10% and yeah. all suddenly like I get to ride my bike for a career. And it's like that 10% can be really hard because it's like that 10% is all the stuff you don't want to do and mm. all the risk that you don't want to take. But it's like the like risk versus reward part of it is like, I literally get to live the life like I dreamed of. And you know, like it's just such a like rare opportunity. Like how many people get to kind of mm. like, travel around with their friends and just like I don't need to go to work I can just hang out and ride with my buddies all day like this is amazing like the lifestyle is just like it was worth it it was like that extra 10% I can live with and then like once you've kind of like that that was probably the biggest stepping stone for me in terms of just being like I'm a professional athlete mm. and once I've just like come to terms with that it's like okay well, there's no like you know I've already I've already committed like there's no questions asked when I'm like I show up to rampage it's like I've assumed the risk it's like I'm here for a reason like I'm yeah I'm gonna try and do really well like and I'm gonna build my abilities or like maybe find the find the limit in areas or like do something that I've just kind of recently started doing or like you know keep it interesting but I'm not going there like 
middle of the event, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I here? This is like, you know, it's like, I know why I'm here. There's a reason. Yeah. And I think it, it's such a good way to put it too, because it's like, if you're going to just leave work on a Thursday afternoon at 4.30 and you're racing to get your bike and then get to the bike park and then you're like putting your glove and then you get to the top, like that's probably more risky because 100%. you're still going to do the trick. You're still going to try and like yeah. be, you're in that environment. You're probably going to be, it's way more risky to be unprepared for yeah. that and live a life where you're not you know taking the steps every that actually makes you're like i've I've been off my bike for four days and i'm still gonna go ride at like 80 90 of the ability that i ride at now yeah it's like and like you look at it's like when me and my buddies go and ride like even just like riding a trail yeah like it's fucking serious like (laughs) Like you're sending we're like we're (laughs) like you you because you kind of get everyone going it's like Uh, a little bit faster a little bit faster a little bit faster and it's like by the end you're just like you're just like kind of sending it. Yeah. And it's like, we would ride like this. And this is just like, you know, a random day. Yeah. Random day, yeah. middle of the afternoon. We're just out there for a fun ride. And it's like, we would be doing this if we had day jobs too. It's so true. eh? like, because even, you know, doing the, the stuff for world bets this year, like this is the first time I've ever, like I'm pretending I'm a professional motorbike rider for like a year basically. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm a podcaster on the side. And like the difference in the level of confidence I have and the like the fitness side of things like a, you can just go and do an hour two hours on the bike of like hard purposeful actual training and my whole life before that was what I said like fuck I'm racing yeah, I've left yeah. my helmet padding at home I'm putting socks <laughs> in my fucking helmet to ride and it's like bro you suck like there's a reason that you suck like you, you can't be good under these circumstances and then the things that make you better are the things you never wanted to do yeah you know totally, totally. and it's yeah that's just a brilliant way to say it yeah yeah it's just the you know consistency of it and and then like that that uh muscle memory is just like fresh and you're just like you're just always doing it it's like you feel so much better yeah yeah and i just yeah because you i think you or i mean i say it all the time on here but you always look at people they're so gifted that's what it looks like when you see the finished product when you see brandon seminock in his final form yeah. <laughs> I would super saiyan say brandon yeah. seminock you know but it's like it's just this process of like a lifetime yeah. of of work yeah no for sure and and like i like honestly i like whatever when you know there's an upcoming kid or someone that's like aspiring to do something and whatever their sport is and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, well, what were the steps you took? And I'm like, like, oh, you're just like talented. I'm like, dude, no, like, like I always thought everyone else around me was talented, but I understand the work they put in as well. But I'm like, dude, I feel like I was like the least talented, but I just like, I just got crazy about it. Like I was so OCD about just like being on my bike and like having like structure and like always have something to work on. And I was like, literally anyone can do this. Like <laughs> yeah. anyone can make this happen for themselves and it's like you might not do it the same as someone else but you can do it in your own way and you can like you can gain a skill that's like you know incredible to many other people that wouldn't understand it yeah um but yeah like i'm not talented dude like the the amount of battles i have with myself like on the daily is just like you know i'm just like i feel like i suck at biking most of the time to be honest which is crazy to think i think with you though one thing i've always loved about your riding and i mean i've watched 
pretty much I'd say most of the shit you've done like through your career you know and I would always get a sense from you and then that's why I was so stoked to meet you at Farm Jam because I had such a I had such a picture of you in my mind over years of like watching your writing and especially like watching you compared to everybody else like you definitely you were kind of on an island not that you're antisocial, although you're not friends with I'm, people i'm definitely a quieter person and I'm, I'm i'm very like you know i'm an individual like i feel like i've always like you know i have my groups but i also am all good to go just do things by myself but yeah yeah for sure like yeah i can see how people that that's the perspective right yeah and i think that but that sort of it, it more just come across to me as like thoughtful like you were just very thoughtful and very meticulous and like everything that you did and i think because i was coming from the film world i'd always watch your projects and i'm like this guy has to know about the filming like this isn't just a dude that's writing into frame like this is orchestrated like everything is orchestrated and then even in uh balancing act there's like a shot of you with doing like this what like tabo and it's like the positioning of your elbow and hand it's like i look at that and i'm like okay he wanted his elbow to be on his hip yeah. and he wanted his hand to be on his other hip and like that had to be squit like that's how i'm looking at that from your perspective For and then sure. like meeting you in farm jam i was like God, he is that guy like he is that he's just thinking his way like this is a very personal project for him like that tabletop that i don't even know if you guys call it a tabletop yeah like, like the yeah one yeah. hand tabes or whatever it was yeah, yeah yeah so like i'm like that's a personal project that's not like a tabletop to him one-handed yeah, tabletop yeah, yeah, yeah. like that he's doing the look cool like that's a personal intentional mission that he went on to get that particular yeah. shot on that particular jump in that particular way yeah for the three second clip you know yeah. <laughs> it's it's but you know i mean you know I'm, I'm definitely like i'm in my head a lot with with all that stuff but i'm also like such a such a nerd about the sport like like i like certain tricks and i like them a certain way and then yeah. i want to be doing them a certain way like if it's not if it's not right then i'm like okay, okay give me another give me another give me another. i'm like it's like I know the difference between like what 90% looks like and what 100% is. And it's like you always just want that extra 10% of like, oh, that was the one. Like I had it, I held it, my arm was there, my hand was out at the same time. And it was just like, it feels so good when those things come together. But it is also like insane when you look back and you're like, dude, we just put so much. Like, yeah, we dude, bu- I need to do We that. built this whole feature oh, yeah. and we like spent like the entire day just getting this one trick. And we like waited for the light and we like, and I did the trick 10 times to get it just perfect or whatever. Sometimes 50 times, whatever it is. And it's like, literally we just got three second clip, Yeah, you know, but it's, but it seems like that's for you though. But it is for me. It's, and that's the thing as I look at it, I'm like, like if anyone was to look at this from like a business perspective, like this is ridiculous. Yeah, this does not matter. But for me, I'm like, that just like, like made me feel whole as a person. Yeah. 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 Do you, all right. So do you then knowing that about yourself, do you think on why <laughs> you're like that? Because I think about that with me in similar situation. I'm like, why the fuck do I care? Like, why yeah, am I? Like, why does this? Sure. Why does this fill my cup? This yeah. is very weird. It is weird. I, to be honest, like that's a, that's a hard thing to answer. I don't really know you know, why, think, but I, I have it? I have those same thoughts of being like, why did I just go through this? Yeah. Like that was just so unnecessary. Like, did did I really need to like do that or whatever it was like? Did I have to build the feature so that it was like a little bit cooler than just going to something that existed? Did I have to like do the trick 
three more times because I wanted like these extra angles or I wanted it to be a little better or whatever it is. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's nice to just feel like you have like, mm. like a purpose. Like yeah. you're like, you, at least you know what you want. Yeah. But that's as far as I've gotten. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I could just be like whatever about it and not, I guess, I guess a little bit of it to me is like, I get really inspired by other athletes, like mm. number of sports. Like there's, there's people I look at and like, they kind of give me the energy to go do my sport. And I feel like I want to give that back a bit too. I'm like, mm. I feel like if I can give everyone my hundred percent, like maybe I'll give someone else that like really, you know, positive energy and like motivation to go just do something they love. That happens for sure. Like I've had yeah. that, I've had that effect from your shit. I like, appreciate that. Dude, for hundred percent. I would say that's a big, that's definitely a big factor of like why I do this stuff. I'm like, sometimes it's just like, you just, you're like, you're in the trenches and you're with your buddies and you're just like, why are we doing this? Is this just like, we're just like killing ourselves over whatever. And then when it comes out and then like, you could just tell people get fired up and it's like someone else might, you know, be like I've seen Beerman put like a boner log at imagination the other year. And we were like, that's mountain bike feature. That's sick. You know, and just stuff like that where you're like, I don't know. It's cool to kind of see it translate to like other people's, you know, their sports or like maybe yeah. you could see that they interpreted it a little different and then like they took from it and like, you're like, yes, like that's awesome. That's like that. Like I get that from you guys mm. and like, it's nice to feel like I give back a little bit. So I, I feel like that's me wanting to give my hundred percent because I want to give people like the, the absolute best I can so that when it's perceived, it's perceived in like the way where I, I feel like I, I did like adjust. I did adjust it. Of yeah. what you wanted. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Cause I, and I mean, I think that with the podcast too, like it's super unnecessary, like so much of the shit that I've done <laughs> like over the last like five years with it. And so many people, you know, like you walk in here, I'm like, fuck, sorry, bro. Like it's pretty <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, man, it looks all right. But you have that vision and it'd be the same thing with you with stuff that you're doing yeah. to everyone else. You're like, fuck yeah, I got the shot. And you're like, nope, it ain't it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but I think that's what art is in a sense, you know, and I've taken like even when I watch your like balancing act, for example, like I sent that to my, like my production dude, like yeah. lead at home. Sick. I'm like, this is fucking sick. Like this, this is so sick. This is not, this is, it's not high production in the sense that there's 30 dudes and there's 30 cameras and there's fucking call times. And there's, this is just, yeah. this is what you get with like a really group, a really talented group of, a small talented group of people that really give a fuck yeah and they all understand each other yeah like that and was like everyone's got the goal like everyone knows what we're making yeah well we didn't actually like it was <laughs> like that was like real running gun style like we had like nick who filmed and edited it and then toby was a photographer and then like you know we had like kind of friends come in and help in like certain little bits as like things were were going Unraveling, on but like yeah. but like in the heart of it it was like us three and then, like, obviously, like, on, on either ends of the sports, we had, like, Keaton Williams, my co-driver, and then Evan Young and Justin Wiper, who were helping me dig at Rampage. Like, they're all, like, characters in the story, and they're helping, you know, in certain ways. But it was, like, it was, like, so just to go back to the start of that thing, like, pre-Rampage, all that, like, it's, like, September, or it's, like, coming into September, and there's, like, the second last rally of the year. And there was a chance that I could have won the, I could win the championship. 
some like we were just, I was just chilling with Nick one day and I was like hey would you want to come to the rally like and just just film it like if I win it'd be kind of cool just to document it and like I don't know what that means like yeah I don't where, know if where it, this lives it, or, does it go yeah. anywhere or is it yeah. just like for the memory banks or whatever I was just like I just feel like it would be ridiculous not to capture this moment because the championship was just so wild that year like like how close the battles were and where the points were and where I, was, I was like going into this event and I've never done the event before and I was like it's literally going to be like like checkers or wreckers like like 100 <laughs> yeah. percent we have to send it's and finish full or send. it's done yeah and then so whatever we went and it didn't go to plan like it, it didn't win the championship i did crash the car dude that crash too you crashed like probably 400 yards before the corner oh like, yeah you for started, sure yeah. you just started shifting gears yeah. and the car's just going yeah i'm like all, yeah you're gone bro see ya yeah and just like stupid like it's all like um like bedrock on the inside of the turn and it was just like all the gravel kind of got swept onto it and it was like i was like you know, it was just like one of those dumb crashes. You're just like, just understeering. You're like, I'm hopeless. Like, I'm just on this. You know this, what like- it looked like? You know in Mario Kart? <laughs> the banana peel? <laughs> it's just like you, as soon as you, as soon as you started going down the gears, yeah. you started going faster. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, you're fucked. Yeah, like, you break, weren't bringing those back. Brakes aren't doing anything right now. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Yeah. So it was like, that didn't go well, whatever. And then it was like, I don't know. Like, well, I guess if I do the last rally, you should come to that one too. Cause we could still win the championship and, but we didn't know what balancing act was. And then at the same time, there was like another film project going on that I was trying to put together. And then that kind of got like pulled out from underneath me. Like, so is that where the riding came into it? Um, so that's that riding stuff in the yard was just like, that's just a bit of a, it was get the project going or was that well, another project? it was it was yeah it was either going to be a part of the project we were going to work on mm. or or just like it was for something else we were working on but it was also just it was just like i felt like some people probably didn't get that part of it where like there was like the riding in the yard but that was just like kind of that moment in time where all this stuff was getting kind of like deciphered like mm. what like what am i doing like what are we working towards like you know yeah, there was just so much going on and I just felt like that was that weird moment of like, I just was like at home riding my bike. It was like, you know, this really like, you know, all the homies around and it was really mellow. Like everything's like calm, kind of calm before the storm, Yeah, you know, it was just calm. like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, that was like the calm moment. And then it just like progresses to like the most intense, you know, week essentially. Cause that was like, that all happened like, you know, all the way within weeks of like the next, you know, stint of like the rallies and, rampage and and whatever was going on but anyways this, the film project got pulled underneath me and then it was sort of like i was in a bit of a tricky position because i was like oh like you know rally rampage i have my opportunity to win um my first american rally championship you know it would be like it seems ridiculous to like pass up that news it's like it's like one of those things like but then rampage is like the one of the biggest yeah things for you. and it's like it's it's a big event and i want to be there and yeah it's just like it's just a hard one to be like I, i'm not there you know and i'm so anyways like the film project was sort of like another element i was like well this is like conflicting with everything everything as well yeah, yeah i'm like i've got like all this stuff going on in like a three-week period essentially and then the film project got pulled and i was just like well if i don't have like this film project and you know the film pro- project would have been a little easier because i had time to get to the rally after the film project but rampage like there was this conflict and then i just like the film pro- film project went away and then i started to break it down i was like 
can I do both the rally and rampage? And I was like, I literally looked to sat down for a whole day. And I was like, I looked at like the stage schedules and like the rampage schedule. And I was like trying to do all the math with flights and like time change. And I was like, okay, can we do this? And I was like, got to a point where I'm like, I realized it, it wasn't possible unless we did a charter from Utah to Michigan. Um, so then it was like, okay, how much does a charter cost? Like, is this what I need to do to really do this? And then it was like, how it, much was it? It was a lot. Okay. I don't 15? have the, I don't have the money to do that again. Yeah. It was more, more than that. Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. And it no was shit. like, and it was like a ship. Like I wouldn't say it was a ship plane, but it was, it like, wasn't a, it, it wasn't was, a fucking it, Gulf stream. No, it had propellers. Like yeah. it was like, <laughs> my bag was on my lap. Yeah, it had pro- exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. like it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was cool. Like I'm like, sweet. It's cool to say that I checked that box. Like that'll never happen again. But it was also like, this is like, I could win rampage and I'm not going to pay for this thing. It was really just about like doing it. You you know, I was like, I can't miss the rally. Like I would just kick myself for that. Like just not knowing, like I was, I was kind of going to the rally being like, this is a new event for me. The driver I'm competing against Ken block is the fucking man is like the man like, and he did this rally last year and won it. And I'm like, I'm going in this rally. I have no experience. And he's just won the last few rallies. And like, I'm probably not going to beat him. Like the reality is like, like I'm so like handicapped here, but like, I would hate to not know like mm. what would have happened. Right. It's like, I got to do the rally. Especially now. Especially now. Yeah. And then, so I kind of broke it down. We figured it out. And then it was just like, we're doing it. This was like literally like two weeks before it was all going down. It was like, it's happening. And then I was like, Nick, you in? And then like my buddy, Toby, boy, yeah, he was in yeah, New Zealand yeah. with us. Toby Kelly, photographer. Yeah, such a man. Um, but he was like, can I just come? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's four seats on the plane, so yeah, it doesn't cost me any more. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like, he just like, and it was just like him, like, and again, like, I'm the best friends ever, like, most talented dude in the world. You know, he, he was like, literally like, I realize this is just you just like doing it. And like, we don't know if there's any funding for this project or if this is even a project at this point. Yeah. He's like, but I'll just come do it for free. Like, he's like, I just want to, I got to document this. And we're like, yes, perfect. And then, yeah, we just pulled the trigger on that. And you know, the rest is kind of history at that point. But it was, like I said, there was just, there was no plan for this stuff. Like balancing act was literally just like, well, let's go to this rally and see if we get some clips and then, okay, let's go to the next rally and see if like, I win the championship or not. And then, well, you're, you're already, you're already with me and we already have a plane going to rampage. So you might as well come to rampage and just film that too. It was kind of just like, yeah, it's it was crazy just, the way yeah. that a, an amazing product can come out of that though. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes that's what you got to do is like, it's so that's hard to plan that work. stuff. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes you got to just like take that risk and be like, Hey, this is just like a pretty crazy situation. We might get something really cool if we just, you know, invest, like yeah. invest the time, invest the money. And then, yeah, we got like a really cool piece out of it at the end of the day. And like I captured that like insane moment. Oh, like, and it's beautiful too, like to do what you did in both places. And then obviously like with Ken passing, like for you to get a chance to, you know, beat a fucking legend yeah. of a guy, you know, and like just such a, you know, that's a, yeah, obviously, like, bittersweet, you know, but I'm sure yeah. that... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I was just so stoked to be racing with those dudes, you know? I'm just like... This and Pashana, like, too, like, Pashana. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, it, like, and we we were all battling all year, and it was just, like, 
but just for me, I'm like, I'm still there. Like, obviously we're competing for this championship and everyone's like, you know, like competition. Everyone's, everyone's competition. We're all like, obviously having a good time. We're all friends, but like, it's serious. Like, like we are like literally like trying to find tents on each other, just like doing like psycho stuff, like debriefs with the team being like, what, like, what's the next move? What are we doing? Like, we need more performance. And then, yeah. But, but for me, like, I'm still like, how am I in this situation? Like, I just liked rally, but I never ever thought like I'd be here with these dudes racing them. Never mind for like, like battle them for the championship. And I'm like, that's just such a cool moment for me, win or lose that. Like I got to even like put up a fight with these guys. So, and it's so outside the scope of what you've done, you know, like you cross country racing, (laughs) you race cross country as a kid, but you know, like to compete in the American rally championship against Ken block and Travis Pastrana and all the other savages. Like that's a, there's not really much precedent in your life for that. No, you know, not at all. Like, you know, I don't come from a wealthy family. Like, like I said, ski bums, we lived in Whistler high school dropout. And like, you know, like it's not like a sport you just kind of like fall into. It's like, you gotta like, you, you, you invest in it and you like, you have to be really like, you know, put in the time to be like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm going to rally and I'm going to gain this experience and I'm going to go to these events. And you, it's, it's like, it's a dedication just like mountain biking is, or like, it's like, t- like we were saying, like taking the moto out. It's like, it's work. Like yeah. you go ride, but it's like the bike needs maintenance and you know, you're driving to the tracks, you're driving so to the events. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, and rally's like pretty serious like that, especially oh, as, as a privateer. It's lift. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have like a, a team behind you, especially like as a privateer, like connecting with the right people that can kind of help you. And, and now like the factory team, it's like, it's obviously a huge effort on like there's, you know, 20 people involved or whatever it is. Um, but, it, but then it gives me the infrastructure to yeah. go and battle with those dudes. So bro, just like completely stop the conversation and just think about how dope it is to be driving a blue Subaru <laughs> in rally. Like it's, that is crazy. Yeah. Iconic. There's probably as far as rally goes and motorsport, maybe in general, there's probably not a more iconic look than a blue Subaru with the yellow. Like it's, that's <laughs> crazy. That's, that's what got me interested in it. You really? Know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I would say like Subaru, you know, like just seeing like Richard, Richard Burns, Colin McClain. Yeah, 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 you're just like these are like it's just like, like this is mountain biking with four wheels. I'm like, this shit <laughs> yeah. is so cool. And then Subaru Team Canada Subaru was like lived really close to me, or like that the home of it was like a half hour away, and they would be up around Whistler, Pemberton, like where we rode the mountain bikes, and I would see the blue Subarus racing in the hills, and I'm just like this is like now I'm seeing it in real life this is crazy. Um, and I was like, hook, this is like before I had a license, you know, I was like, well, rally's cool. So that's how far back cool. it goes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting like I was like, and then at that point I'm like, well, I'll never get to do this. But I was like so interested in it. And then it was like, I had a little bit of free cash to spend and what am I, what am I going to do with it? Okay, I'm going to buy a production rally car. Like, let's just give me the bare bones rally car. How much is that worth? They're probably like, it was like $30,000 okay. for like a, like a race ready, like, like, and it was a good production car. That's not that crazy. A stock VOD costs 20 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, that was the thing. It was like, yeah, it was just like an older car. They had it at the shop. It was used for like, you know, reconnaissance at like rallies. And they're just like, yeah, okay, we'll put okay, it. Like we'll a put, top yeah, we'll yeah. put a cage in it and we'll, you know, throw some parts at it and you're good to go. You can, you can start racing. And, and so that was your first experience with rallies. Like you, you were so into it that you just 
dumped 30 grand into a car and was like, I'm fucking see if I can drive this thing. Pretty much, yeah. Did you drive any before or? No. Um, That's sick. So I like, I, I bought like a stock Subaru. Okay. I was like, yeah, okay. Like I had like a minivan and I was like, okay, the minivan's done. I need, I need a car. And I was like, I was like, I won a contest or a couple or got some money from contests that year. And I was like, okay, I got a little bit of money to play with. And I bought a Subaru. And then of course it's like, I bought it at the end of the year. It's winter time. And I'm like rallying it and crashing it into snowbanks and like, oh, just shit. Being, being, no shit. being like a, you know, stupid 16, I 17 year old. Yeah. I but that. I was like, I was into it. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I loved it. And, and then the next spring, I, I was, um, just some friends, I think this was even before I was on Red Bull, but some friends that I was riding with Stevie Smith a lot, my good friend passed away tragically, but you know, the man, like we rode a bunch that year and he had just got on Red Bull and then, um, the kind of the team manager of sports marketing, the two dudes there at Red Bull were just kind of like around a bunch and they're like hanging with Stevie and they were doing some stuff. So I was like kind of hanging with them. They're just like really rad dudes. And they were like talking to me like, oh, you just bought the Subaru. Like you should go to, you know, this, this rally shop in Squamish. I just moved to Squamish and that's why they brought it up. I'm like, you should go meet this guy, Pat. He's, you know, like whatever, five time Canadian national champion and, and two time American national champion. And he's you know, crazy rally dude. And they got Subarus. Cool. Sweet. Just moved to town. Like literally that week I moved to town. I like drove there, walked in the shop. I'm like, Hey Pat, you know, Jameson told me to come chat with you or whatever to say hi and I was like I wanted I was just kind of curious to check out the shop and he's like showed me around showed me the rally cars got to see the factory car and I was like oh, this is super cool yeah and he's like oh yeah like what do you what do you drive he's like you had a rally car I'm like no I've got like a you know 2006 SDI that you know it's fun I love it but it's not a rally car like he's like yeah he's like well if you ever need a rally car like let me know I'm like cool like <laughs> and he's like well he's like and I started to like question him like well what does that cost what does it look like and I'm like how do you get into it and he kind of gave me the rundown and and he's like honestly dude he's like if you're really into it he's like I'll take that car you have outside and I'll trade you a rally car and I'm like done I literally just handed him the keys right then and there no I was like perfect straight trade and I was like you know that's history and he knew it he's like if this kid's that into it he's just gonna like keep coming back yeah he's gonna be around he's gonna want to you know, build up his car, make it faster, do the whole thing. And like, it's another local person that can come and do, you know, whatever, some rally cross events that are local or some regionals or national events and come with the team. And he saw the future and like how excited I was about it. So obviously I, you know, I blame him a little bit. And then I also give him credit because I was like, (laughs) you know, for me, I'm like, why did I get into rally? Like you fucked my life. Thanks bro. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, look at this opportunity I've had now. It's like, it wouldn't have started without that, that meeting, you know, that just like catching up uh, at a local rally shop. But, um, that's insanely cool. Yeah. And then, and then to keep going on that story, it makes it even crazier is so like, obviously they had to build the car. So it it took some time. So I didn't get the car till like. So did he take your car and then turn it into a rally car? No, or so like he, he gave you another. He took car? my car and he sold it and he took the money from that and built. He had like a O2 WRX sitting there, so it's like the same shell. Yeah, like essentially yeah. the car wouldn't be any different other than the components. Yeah, um, but he had an O2 sitting there that he used for like when he did World Rally, like it was like his reconnaissance car. So it was just a stock WRX. Um, so he turned that into a rally car. You know, it was just uh, instead of a, a STI motor and a WRX motor instead of a six-speed gearbox and a five-speed. But yeah. it was like full cage, like like nice spec, 
Um, you know, it was like, it was a build that was like something I could evolve. Like yeah. you could take yeah. it from a production level to a group end level to an open class level and it would still be like the, a good car. Um, so for me, I'm, I mean, at the time, like looking back, that was a really good deal. Like I got super lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, so let's say six months goes by the car's ready. Um, and then the kind of like around that time, like my, my, you know, really good friend, Alex pro who I rode with a professional mountain biker at the time. Um, he lived across from this like chalet, just like big bed breakfast type thing. And like him and his dad are kind of like, Oh yeah, the dude across the street, he was pretty into motorsports. He's he used to race a bit or whatever this and that. Oh, cool. Whatever. Did like, didn't really think much of it. And then I was at Crankworks that summer and there was one of the PR communications guys at, at SRAM, super into rally, like love Subarus, love rally. And they were staying at the chalet and he's like, he just like, he literally like saw me and his like eyes were like lit up. He's like, dude, just come with me right now. And I'm like, he's like, stop what you're doing. I'm like, dude, I got practice or something, you know? He's, he's like, like, no, no, no. He's like, you've got yeah. 20 minutes. Let's, let's go, let's go to the chalet. And whenever we like rolled the chalet, he's like, you gotta meet this guy. His name's Martin, super cool, super into rally. Like you should talk to him like walk up the stairs of the B&B it's like mantle it's like world rally champion british national champion this and that and i'm like where are we like this is crazy and it's like martin Rowe, like how's he going and 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 shit this is like the dude the dude like he was you know he won championship with super motorsports and world rally like 2003 like you know at like that's such a like crazy era for rally yeah and anyways, like we, we kind of kicked it off and he like gave me a bunch of DVDs with like his in car and this and that. And he's like, you're getting a rally car. He's like, the day you get it, you let me know and we'll go drive. And I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, the, like I couldn't sit with anyone like to show me how to do it. And like, couldn't sit with a better person, you know? So like literally got the car, drove from Squamish to Whistler and it was like construction on the highway at that time. So I was like stopping into stealing pylon cones. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, filled yeah. the back of the car with <laughs> pylon cones and then like drove past his place, picked him up. And then we drove like a little further to like kind of like we went out there to like a road that's like it's kind of dead ends. And then it has like a big lot at the end and we set up the cones. And so it was kind of like a small little like gravel rally stage into like a little rally cross and you can loop it around and then come back and do it again. Yeah. And we just drove and we like literally just that's went mental. out there and just drove like, you know, we had a full tank and we just drove till it was like basically empty and like he kind of showed me what to do and then he sat in and he kind of showed me how it was done and it was just like this is you know I, I couldn't have learned a better way like instead of learning bad habits it's like the dude's like this is how you do it yeah yeah um and then so we were like yeah whatever we're almost out of fuel okay let's get out of here kind of rallied back on this road because we've been driving it all day and we come out like kind of come up over this crest and like as we get to the top of the crest we could see like a cop car driving away and we're like, like stop reverse down the hill and I'm like, it's a rally car. You can't see anything behind you. And I, so I kind of like tried to reverse up this like little fork in the road. So like we'd be like hidden and I like lost the wheel in the ditch. So we got like half stuck. Like we were a bit high centered. I'm like crap. Like hopefully you didn't see us. No, no, no. They flip around and come back. Like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just playing around. Just the... rallying at the speed limit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just like playing around in the lot. Like we're like, there's no line to these dudes. We're like, we're just playing around in the little lot back here. And they're like, okay, cool. And it was like. A girl and a guy cop and they're like an suv cop car and we're like 
we're like in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's literally no one here. Like, what are you guys doing back here? So they must have saw us and whatever. They let us go. Yeah, but we drive out and like she gets out and she gets in her cop car and they like go off. And we're like, okay, that yeah. was lucky. But yeah, um, yeah, that was like just another level of like how fortunate I've been to have like good mentors yeah. kind of point me in the right direction like early enough before I'd kind of make stupid mistakes. Dumb mistakes and crash shit. And, yeah, yeah, totally. So what'd you do in the six months before? Like, so you knew you're going to have this block where you like wouldn't have a car, but you were going to have a rally car. Like, what do you do in between to get ready for owning <laughs> a rally car? Yeah. I mean, nothing really. I think I still had a go-kart at the time. So I was okay. doing a little bit of karting. Like when I had a little bit of free time, there was a track not too far from me. Yeah. And I just kind of like jet out there. And so I like, did you do any sim stuff or no, 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 definitely not. Yeah. Is it just not a thing? In it wasn't rally? really like it, I guess like there's like, um, Richard Burns rally, which was like, it was actually like a really good game at the time, but I never had any of that. Um, they just didn't really exist. And then, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of rally the, whatever I was driving at the time, a little pickup truck or something and just, we're shuttling and we kind of just like have fun up the <laughs> yeah, gravel yeah, roads, yeah, you know, like yeah. as you would as a young kid in a logging town, right? Like it was just like, that was rally to us. And then it was yeah. like a rally car was just like the next level of it. Yeah. right. So I didn't really know. Like I didn't, I didn't really know much about it at the time. I was just really into motorsport. And it wasn't something where you were like, okay, I want to be good at this. I want to race. I want to, you just wanted to scratch the itch. I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to do it. It just, it just looked fun. Yeah, That's fucking that cool. Was it, yeah. That's such a crazy, crazy story of like getting into something that you became so good at and it was just like like i had no anticipation of it being like that i was yeah. like i just want to go play around just pure i didn't even i would honestly i got the car and i was like i don't even want to race i just want to have a car to go like block some road with some friends and be able to go play around for like 30 minutes and just just experience it like that was really it i was like i don't really even want to be at an event that doesn't interest me and then like obviously it snowballed over time because like this is this is really good but yeah, it was like, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, I've got like Pat Richard and Martin Rowe. And then later on, like Antoine Lestage, who's like 10 time Canadian rally championship, multi, multi-time American rally championship, you know, like, like all these dudes, like the, Just the best people the in North, North yeah. America that I could like, that I could lean on. They're all like willing to give me advice and like point me in the right direction. Or like, you know, like I got to sit in with, you know, I unfortunately never got to sit in with Pat, but I got to sit in with Martin and Antoine. And then these guys are like, like literally I'm sitting in a factory car and it's like, you get firsthand like experience of what these cars can do. You're like, okay. So when I get in my car, this is what I need to be doing. This is how it needs to be driven. And it's just like, you know, the, the light bulb turns on and you're like, okay, cool. Like that's what I need to figure out now. There's, that's a crazy thing to be able to do. Like I, um, like, the last couple of years I was a Ducati ambassador in Australia. Yeah. Like I'd never done any road stuff. Right. And so they were like, I had a few bikes through them and I did a couple track days and I'm like, this is fucking cool. Like right. I love this. This is very fun. And so something I never thought I'd do. And then Jack Miller took me on the back of it. And I was like, what you said about this is what it can do. Well, I, first of all, I was like, I could never actually do this, but like <laughs> the, it was like a gateway into a different fucking dimension yeah. that opened up because there was no possible way from watching that from the outside and seeing that bike go past and seeing it go through a turn that I could have actually conceived physically what that yeah. feels like in real that time. That is the only and way I, to experience it. I bet that's the way that rally felt with those guys. 100%. You're like, this is literally the only, like I could watch these dudes go all day. I could watch their in-car. I could do any, like, but like sitting here is like, whoa, like 
This is, this is the experience. Yeah. yeah. And just like, I can imagine you looking at like seeing a bump down the road or seeing and being like, nah. And then just yeah. like, You're like, trying to hit the brakes from your side of the car. Oh. Yeah. And then when it, when you hit it and then when you hit the ground and then you make the turn, you're like, like wait, oh. what? Yeah. Like when Jack was going through turn, the first time he really leaned through a tight turn, you know, like when you're leaning back on a chair yeah. and then you get that. Like, that's oh, what every, fall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what every single turn feels like and they're just the level like and i wonder i'm like how do you figure that out the yeah. first time yeah like how do you know break that, that's, that barrier of like this is possible yeah. yeah and i imagine that's what that experience in the rally car was like when you're with those guys yeah it's like this is crossing over exactly. into the this is what's possible dimension. it's just like you turn that switch in your brain and you're like okay like this stuff yeah like this is fully doable this is just this is rally <laughs> that was when i was like realized what rally was and i was like yeah i'm about it and how like you picked it up quick no i wouldn't say quick i mean so i got that car 2009 2010 and i i raced as a privateer for about 10 years really and then and then the subaru motorsports opportunity came up the covid year yeah um so even when we were in new zealand like like that i didn't i didn't know that that opportunity existed yet like it huh. was like the like i had maybe just started talking to them and it was sort of like, it was so far-fetched. Like I was kind of like, my name was in the hat with a bunch of other drivers and they were like, still not sure like if that was going to be the look of the program anyway. So I was like, I didn't even like, I probably didn't even say anything about it because I was just like. This yeah, thing. I don't think we're on you. I was then, like, yeah. this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, it, 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 yeah, it happened on obviously the worst year it could have. So yeah. I got this amazing opportunity and then it was like, oh my God, now we got like half the events and now we don't get to do the testing and this and that. And so it was like, but I, you know, my head was in the door and, and, and it was like a good first season regardless. But yeah, it was just like 10 years as a privateer. And I kind of like, I came in, in and out of the sport. Cause it was like some years I just got so busy. Like I'd, yeah. I'd have a car and I just sold it. Cause it was like, I literally have no time next year. Like I'm yeah. never going to drive this thing. So then it'd be like, I didn't even race one year or two years. And then, Pat came and he was like, Hey, we have our old factory car and I'll just put it on the trailer. He's like, if you show up to this event, you can drive it. And it'd be like, so well, sad. I'm not going to say no to an opportunity like that. Like that would cost me so much money. So like, then he kind of like, you know, wrote me back in like, Oh, it's so fun. Okay. Let's do some more events, you yeah. know? And then yeah. I'm like, Oh, let's build another car. And, and then I got more into it. And then 2017, 2016, 2017, I started doing more events again, like kind of like, like a half championship. And then, and then in the next year or two, I like I rented like some faster cars, like, you know, world spec cars, like rally two kind of cars. Um, and then, you know, did some stuff with side by side, just as like seat time at home, just like when I could get out for, yeah. you know, an afternoon. And I was just like, I was just learning a lot at, in those few years. And then by the time the super thing came out, it was like, it was kind of the right time for me to step up into like, like a full factory car, like, and, and, and be competitive with those guys. I was like, I wasn't, gonna be competitive yet but i was like i was like i needed that next step and push yeah you to, get, to, to get there yeah 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 so it was like it all came at a really good time yeah and where's the mountain bike career at this point like are you because i think you're probably in the position now where you just sort of can pick and choose and do what you want to do yeah but were you in like you were able to kind of like mellow out the mountain biking schedule to focus more on rally or it was always like a balancing act yeah, I mean, I, I mean, people ask that a lot, actually. They're like, oh, like, you must be, like, you know, you must have to do, like, 
so much of the car now that it takes away from the bike. And I'm like, actually, when I was a privateer, I spent way more days. Mm, because you kind of had to, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm like, like with the factory team, like at least now I kind of just like, there's a set schedule, I show up, we do the event, you know, I do what I need to do and then I leave and I can go back to my mountain bike. It's just like, I'm gone for the weekend, you know? But as a privateer, it was like, I was doing the same amount of events in a year, but I also had to like, deal with the car and I had to deal with like their logistics and getting the car to the event and like, you know, getting the car fixed and whatever. And like, there was like way more days spent, like invested in rally as a privateer than rally. Yeah. Like I was like, I was doing the same amount of events, but I had to do all the other stuff as well. Now it's like, yeah, I'm doing it on a professional level. It looks like I'm like always in the car, this and that, but I'm like, I'm really just showing up for Mm. eight weekends a year to go race. But it's like, yeah, I've got, media there and we've got a team and there's PR and there's like, and it's like, it's serious. Like I definitely put more effort into like the notes now. And like, like I'm, you know, like I'm strategizing and things like that. Because you can, you have the time now. And they want me to win. Yeah. So it's like, I I have the time and, and it's because like I'm in this position and I don't, I don't, I want to, you know, do it at my best. So, um, yeah, it's actually like this year was a little crazier because we developed the new car. So there was like a bit more testing and things like that. But I would say like the last two seasons was, well, last three seasons with Subaru, like was actually less in the car or less doing rally endeavors than I was as a privateer through like 2017, 2018, 2019. Yeah. No, it does make sense. Like you've just got more people doing the things that you used to do. Yeah. I'm not producing my whole program anymore. It's just like, I just, I show up as a driver and I do the driver tasks and you know, uh, there's there's elements to it that are like more behind the scenes like we have debriefs like after the rally but that's mm. like you know in the morning I wake up and we'll have a quick debrief or something it's things that don't, don't take away from my riding it's like or I'm working on notes and I just do it at night like after I've you know, been riding all day I just sit down and work on the notes it's like I've got time for it there it doesn't affect the riding schedule it doesn't affect my travel it's just like things I can continuously work on but it helps progress mm. in the motorsports world dude that's so cool yeah, it's 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 been it's been I mean it's been so fun. I uh, you guys put up a clip recently of you in the Polaris. Yeah, yeah. bro, <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe how fast you can rally that thing. They're those in, in, they're insane machines. What model is it? Uh, that was that was probably my Pro R, the, okay. the Polaris Razor Pro R. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I haven't like driven it too much lately, and I managed to get you know a couple things sorted on it. Um, yeah, it's all like seat harnesses, kind of like rally spec. Yeah. Like I just got rally tires on it. Cause I'm like, the idea of it's like seat time. Is this my like fun thing? Yeah. Like, go out for a few hours. And yeah, I was like, man, I was like kind of ripping this old moto track in the woods. Like no one's like touched in a while and it was like good conditions. And I was like, I was like, this thing's so fun. And I was like, my buddy, Anthony, who's a cinematographer, he was like around and I was like, we should just go shoot this one day. It's like really, really fun. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. It's awesome. They're, the machines are wicked. It's crazy. People just buy those things. Like it's literally like a stock machine. I just threw different tires at it and really? put some harnesses in it. And it's like, you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Cause I, I, it was only maybe a week ago or two weeks ago that you posted that clip. And I was just like, I, I, I was similar to that moment where I'm like, wait, that's possible. Like I <laughs> yeah. did not think that you could do that in one of those. Right. That made me like, go, okay, cool. I really want to do that. Now. Yeah. It's like dirt biking on a side by side. This is so sick. Yeah. No, I was blown away. And it looked like rally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is crazy. Just like tossing it into yeah, the corners. Yeah, And the way that it was like, it was pitching, you yeah. know, like you actually, it was moving on every axis. It wasn't like, I don't know, every time I feel like I've driven anything like that, 
it's so just yeah you're sliding left to right there's not you're not like pitching yeah, the you car get the like dynamic of like the suspensions all loaded in one direction and the cars on an angle that changes how the car handles right and like you can use that oh like, yeah you can sure. use that pitch to slow the car down and like i'm sure that there's a lot in yeah that. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's just like placing it in the right you know positions you know but like yeah you could set it up like you're like go to the outside like over a jump to set it up for the next corner or whatever you need to do and then it's you can be coming over the jump be on throttle to keep it up or you hit the brakes get it down and like load the front for the next turn and like yeah i mean it's just it's it's the same thing with mountain biking but you're using your body to make those like inputs mm. whereas like in the machine or the rally car it's like you're just using the wheel and the pedal to like create that body movement of the whole machine to get that that weight in the right place yeah no it's that that was a clue where i was like damn i've never <laughs> so really fun. like been that drawn to something and i watched that so i guess dude that's a great thing about content like that yeah. really inspired like i'd never looked at a side by side in that way and it just fully changed my perspective on that and i was like wow i can really see yeah i can really see that being something i'd like to do totally yeah and the side by side is great too because it's like did you literally just like i take the thing out and then i just put it back i just park it yeah and then take it again it's like the amount of like the seat time miles i can get like driving like that which i like you know it's just hard to do with a rally car then the side by side is okay you found this little track i can like drive all day and then just park the thing and like good to go i can take my friends and they'll say hey you guys can experience like what i like to do with rally you know and they sit in and it's like a super fun like little outing we get to go like rip around and then yeah it's just like it's cheap seat time like in the grand scheme of things when like yeah the machines are like you invest in the machine but what you can do with it for like the period of time is insane and how like does what translates like does a lot translate yeah for sure i, I mean like you try and set the machine up so it f- like like i obviously have a, a good understanding of what the rally car should feel like or mm. will feel like and then I, I just try and set up my machine so it's like a little bit more like the rally car like obviously the side by sides like the suspension's insane and like you know it's it doesn't have the gearbox in it and things like that but you can like you can get the feeling the same feeling in the chassis mm. and then it's just like it's, all the inputs are the same it's like you know it's just it translates fairly similar and you know you can start to try things that you wouldn't normally have the ability to try in events because it's like obviously you're not trying to lose time like yeah or the tests and things like that like maybe it's like you know in the rally car at speed it's like maybe a little more risky to be like you know playing with those types of things it's like but in the side by side you got a little more room for error and you can just go mess around and and try and learn some things so it's funny um uh i didn't have suspension for my bike for a while so like it's that's steve's like yeah. and so it just had like the stock that's an xcf so it's like the trail bike version. oh nice it's not yeah, like yeah. the moto version so it had the trail bike suspension in it and i was just going to parlor when it was open other tracks aren't yeah. open so it's like i had to go to parlor couldn't ride the big track like the jumps were just too big to like i just couldn't yeah. actually hit the jumps so i was like this is fucking sketchy yeah so it made me ride the vet track which like the forks had still bottomed me out a oh, yeah. lot, but it was like, it sort of gave me side by side vibes compared to a rally car almost. Cause right. it, it ended up being the track's not as rough. The jumps are way more mellow. Everything's easier. Like the, you, you're, it made me feel like I was riding my bike and the track, not the bike and the track were riding me. Totally. And yeah. I had like a, I, I honestly feel like, I made such a crazy progression. It was like probably three weeks where I just, I did one day, I did like four 20 minute motos, like hard as fuck. And then like the now I went back like two days later, another four, then Saturday, another four. So I think it was like a week I did 12 20s on this. Oh my God. 
on but this. you're probably like like maximum every lap because oh, like because you like you're like you can, you can kinda. like the tracks like yeah and the bike was kind of mellow the right, track was right. kind of mellow so, it took some of the the brutalness out of it and it let me play yeah and i cool. think that's kind of like what you're Same saying idea. a little bit with the with the polaris oh, is totally. that it's like the consequences aren't as big the you, the speed's not as fast like there's you're in a box a little bit more yeah but in that box you can really yeah like, Machi- machine's around. smaller than the rally car and it's like you got all this travel so if you hit something it's like kind of just absorbs it and does it have more travel than a rally car yeah yeah By a lot. like i mean do the pro r has like 29 inches rear travel <laughs> it's like so psycho you put the thing up on jacks and it's like it's like yeah, you're it's like it's still on the ground you're like you have to like put blocks on the jacks to get it up oh that's awesome um yeah i think the rally car i can't remember what it is i want to say it's like 17 to 20 inches it's like it's good travel but it's but it's, nothing like that's like it's all like yeah the polaris is you know, close to double so it's huh. wild yeah. yeah that's super cool yeah they do um have you ever heard of the fink desert race in australia no oh they do um they do a race it's like a point to point race so you start in alice springs which is like literally the dead center of australia yeah, yeah. and uh then i think it's 240 kilometers one way and then you camp the night and then you do 240 kilometers back Sick. the next day and it's just like whooped out like just the gnarliest shit ever and they they do it in there's like a side-by-side class yeah that would be insane but man i look at those like the they do the trophy trucks and the buggies and yeah, everything yeah, out yeah. It, and i'm just like oof a lot of travel but i still don't know if it's enough like the way that the way that those trophy trucks hit that shit it's really impressive yeah, yeah. but the, like the um the polaris and stuff they do dakar and shit in them oh, yeah. like it's yeah. pretty it's crazy wild, yeah I, I haven't like got to experience too much of the the desert dune stuff but i did like that red bull sand scramble in glamis oh, okay. it's like a yeah, it was like a way yeah. it was like a waypoint race yeah okay and you just so you just like it was mass start it was like 35 side by side start at once all lined up and you just go and it's just like you're just like looking for the waypoint you're trying to like not so rally like that's super dakar spec right? yeah it was, it was it was crazy that's and it was sick. so fun i was like kind of like i don't know if i'm like really into this stuff and then i did it and i was like that was super sick could you could you see now that you've like you've won two american rally championships do you have any kind of progression? I'm, I'm right there too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, can you see a progression? Like, do you want to get a world rally? Does Dakar stuff interest you? Like, do you have other stuff now? Because I think that's probably the beauty of four wheels is that, you know, with age comes a cage. Like, it's something that <laughs> yeah. you can do for a really long time. Yeah. I never, I never really thought of it that way obviously like when i started but i'm like yeah now it's like there's definitely like longevity in it and like what you can do with there's so many like avenues just like any sport but um but yeah it's like it there's like i don't need to be i could be injured and be in the car and still be able to drive it at yeah, like a yeah. high level you know it's which is like it's nice to have that option um but uh yeah it's tough like i i i, I i'm just i love like stage rally like yeah. i'm not i'm not like I'm not like super excited like to go to like rally cross or like desert racing. Like those are all things I would love to experience, but it's like my heart's not like a hundred percent there where mm. I'm like, that's like the avenue I want to like chase. Yeah. Like I like just like proper rally. What And what is it like? Cause I, I can imagine with your brain that you like the perfection there. Well, I, there's never perfection. That's a problem. There's like, it's just, <laughs> that's probably why you like it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, and it's, it's more similar to mountain biking where, you know, you, 
you don't really run into the same terrain over and over. Like every pass of every stage is different. Like the stages change. And then you might go from, you know, you might do one pass of a road, but when you go back for the second pass, it's a different road. Like you, so you're, you're constantly, constantly adjusting and like you're using that intuition to kind of like, and skill and knowledge and, and like the, what you know about like finding the grip and finding the line. And like, it's just like, you're always adjusting. So there's that, like, I like the variability of it. Like it's never the same thing, like going around a circuit over and over. Like, it's really fun. Like I like carding. It's so hard. It's so fun. But like after you've done a lap of the track a million times, you're like, you start to drive yourself crazy because you're just like, you're trying to search for this like little little tenth, you know? And it's like, it can just drive you mad. Whereas like rally, it's like, it's available. There's tents available. There's tents available, but then there's like, there's so many other areas where you can be like strategic or, um, you know, like you can look at the event as a whole and be like, well, I'm not just doing five miles. I'm going to, I'm going to be doing 120 miles and like, there's going to be, you know, it might rain, it might be dry. There might be tire wear involved, this and that. And you can start to strategize and there's like, and then there's risky things. They're like, that's a big jump. Do I hit it flat? You know, that's a big water crossing. If I hit it flat, I'm going to gain time, but I could break the car. And then like, you can start to pick apart like areas where you can make bigger margins. Like, mm. and then I think I like those bits. And then like the fact that you kind of go into it just like a mountain bike trail. Like I know the trail cause I've like done the work, but like you don't really know yeah, yeah, how yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, for me, that's more exciting is just like something that's kind of always changing. I feel like just in this conversation, just for me to like psychoanalyze a little bit it seems like there's a there's a thing that you enjoy about having to prepare for something and like the benefits that you get from preparation and like being a nerd and still like because i'm i'm like that like i love the nerdiness of things i loved pausing a video like theoretically every time i pause a video of me riding i should be in the right position yeah yeah, like it doesn't matter where you are on the track like press pause (laughs) you're right wrong okay cool like that that it's infinite you know totally so it seems like there's a part of you that loves to just like drill into the minutiae and do the work and get an advantage there but then it also seems like that's only fun for you if there's then a moment of intuition that has to come into play to pull it off yeah yeah i think it's a bit of everything for sure but no i like i'm i would say like i definitely it's not like i'm like i I want to do the work. It's like, I, I literally have this feeling of like, I need to do the work because I don't like the feeling of showing up to something that I'm like really prepared, really passionate about unprepared. Yeah. Like I'm like, Hey, I'm here to do my best. I want to make sure that I give myself the best opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, even like, like the rampage thing last year, like my biggest struggle with that event was like, I'm like, I'm just going to be off my bike for like 10 days before like literally riding the event. Like that just didn't sit well with me. And I was like, is this worth it? Am I going to be giving people like like the best version of me? Am I going to feel like I'm like riding well? You know, I'm just like, those are those aspects where I'm like, I only want to do it if I feel like I'm going to be like, like progressive me, like not just like old me. Yeah. 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 No, no, it definitely makes sense. So in the, in balancing act, there's a moment after you guys win the championship where your co-driver says, oh, that was David versus Goliath. What made it David versus Goliath in your mind? I mean, there's a few few reasons for sure. I mean, like the the big thing for the championship last year, which was really tough for like, like myself, Travis, 
the motorsport, like Subaru Motorsports team was like, we had a car that was built around like a national spec set of rules. Like a, it's like, it, yeah, it's like, it's built for a championship. That's not like, you know, it's trying to keep it. It's not fair. unlimited budget. It's not on. Un- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's trying to keep it like as fair as possible to competitors. Like obviously we have like a great machine. And then Ken came in and had like a, a team that came from World Rally that was, you know, just recently competing. And he had like a proper spec World Rally car, like like top tier. It was a car that had won, you know, I think the manufacturer's championship in 2019. Like it was like, this is like, he's bringing like the fastest machinery in rally. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, obviously he had to change the car a little bit. But for the most part, it's like this is this is a World Rally car like this thing's proper so we had to you know within like this kind of like there was like some leeway in the rules to start to add aero and things like this because these cars were coming in and we had seen it the year before and we were like you know we got we had a big challenge like travis won the championship that year but it was like it was close like with mckenna motorsports and like he had a a world car from like the same generation um, and then Ken kind of brought like his was just a bit newer. It was the same generation, but it was like the newest spec. And it was just like, you know, we get on a stage that suited that car and we had no chance. Yeah. It was just like, it was yeah. just like, like we, like me and Travis just like, you look at our times and we'd be like, we get to the end of stage and we'd be like, well, I couldn't have drove that any faster. <laughs> and like our times would literally be like one tenth apart. And then Ken would take like five seconds out of us. And we're just like, yeah, there's not that time there. I'm like, I'm car. just like, yeah. I just, I just can't do anymore. And you yeah. just like, you start driving yourself nuts because you're just like, like, what are we gonna do? You know? And then you'd like maybe find a bit of time somewhere, and you're like, it gives you hope. And so it was just like that the whole year. It was just like we were just like every stage had to be just flat out, and you had to be on it like perfect. Um, and then we, you know, luckily, Ken came in with a new car. So the one advantage we had is like we knew our car. We knew like you know, what it can take and, and, and where it was going to be quick and this and that. Um, Ken had a bit of teething at the start of the season, which like set him back a few times and it gave us a chance to do well. And luckily I, I, I kind of got you myself, capitalized. I yeah. capitalized like, yeah. yeah, like I got a couple event wins and then like we were in a good position. But by the end of the year, he was like, you could just tell he's comfy in the car. We're going to events that are more his territory. Like he's done these events, you know, Ken's done the, the championship, like, I don't know he must have done it 10, 10 years or so. So he's like, he's done these events possibly 10 times, these stages 10 or more times. Um, and I was like, okay, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my championship to win. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. You know, it was like, it really was David versus Goliath. Like he had the equipment, he had the experience and like, and he's fucking Ken Block. And he's Ken Block. Like he's <laughs> dude. He's flat out. He's, he was always going for it. Yeah. Yeah. When you say that you looked up to a bunch of athletes in, a, in other sports was he a guy that you looked at like because there's like Travis Pastrana and then there's Ken Block and then there's you and I think that if you take those three people you go huh they're kind of like the same guy <laughs> yeah. but in like a different way like yeah. coming from a different place like was he a guy that you kind of looked up to Travis probably as well yeah, yeah. I mean Travis definitely like everyone everyone yeah, yeah I'm just um, yeah I'll grab one thank you Appreciate um, yeah um, everyone looks up to Travis <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can't you can't like not appreciate or well respect all the crazy stuff he's done first of all, but also appreciate what he's done for action sports in a whole. Like yeah. he is the biggest ambassador of action sports. Yes, and like 
obviously that that's drifted into motorsports as well like I, I, I don't have enough good stuff to say about Travis. Like, And he's the nicest, the nicest dude ever. person on planet Earth. Like, yeah. literally the dude that you... I mean, not as flamboyant as like, <laughs> yeah. Cam, but like, the, as nice as he looks in everything you've ever seen, he's that nice no, that's, in real life. No, that's how he it's is. It's insane. And like, being teammates with him, like, he could be a total asshole and just be like, he could screw me over in every way possible, you know? But he was like, full open doors. I, I, I give him 100% credit to like, me getting up to speed as fast as I did once I got on the team, like being able to like get on the super motorsports program and then, you know, kind of midway through the season, start winning stages. And by the end of the season, winning a rally, like that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't being like, Hey, like, here's things you need to know. Here's my data. Here's my in car. Really? Like on stages, he'd be like, this jumps flat out like you can hit that flat like did it and like he just like and like he'd do the same thing like it was it was mutual and especially as i became faster like he's like do you think this is flat like are you gonna take like he, he was like let's let's go 100 percent fair competition like like i can look at your data you can look at my data yeah let's grow together it's, well, let's grow together and like i didn't get that at the beginning i was like wow travis this is being really generous here but he saw it as like if if we have twice as much information we should be quicker than the next you know, our competitors, like yeah. that will help us be quicker drivers and hundred percent of it. And that's a big part of like why we were able to be competitive against Barry and, and Ken block and these dudes with like, you know, top spec cars, good teams. Um, so yeah, huge respect to him. Ken, of course, like always putting out inspiring content and this and that, but I wouldn't say that is my, like when I think of Ken, like I really respect him for like his, his like ability to kind of just like break the mold and mm. like he's such a like a visionary he's a visionary he's like a pioneer in a lot of ways but his, his i really respect his like business like mm. though like though he was just so dialed like the dude just like he just got it you know um and i unfortunately only got to really speak with him a few times you know even at the rallies like we're all super busy like we catch up really quick maybe like when there's a delay at a stage or something like that but like we were like getting to like have like a good conversation in like the round where you're sitting down like this and just like chatting yeah. it out. But before I got on Super Motorsports, um, it was kind of like the end of 2019, and I had I had rented, you know, some some quicker cars that season because I was like I want I want to experience some fast like competitive cars, and in my head and I was like I want to experience it before I'm not going to do this anymore because like I was like I'm kind of at the end of it like I don't mm. really. You know, like I'm, I'm like, I'm not super young. Like I've got a house and a mortgage, you know, I'm like trying to be, re- I gotta respons- be an adult. I gotta yeah, be responsible. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to just be like blow all my money on rally and then just be like left with nothing when like, maybe like I'm not able to ride at like the highest level and whatever in amount of years that's going to be. But I was like starting to look at it. Like the level I want to be driving the cars at doesn't fit my budget. Yeah. Like it was like either I'm doing it at hundred percent or I'm not going to do it at all. And that was just like, I, I, I couldn't feel good about just going there with like, you know, like a, a group N style car and just kind of doing it just to do it. So yeah. I was like, I got the experience in these faster cars and I was like, yep, this is it. Like it's that or nothing. And I got to the end of the year and, and then I, I went to this Woodward grand opening in park city and Ken was there and, and he came up to me and he's like, man, so stoked to meet you. Like, da, da, da. and I was like, well, like, 
stoked to meet you, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like, hey, like, you know, what, when do you leave? And I'm like, oh, I leave like tomorrow afternoon. He's like, oh, okay, well, like if you've got, you've got time in the day, like come, come to our like Hoonigan headquarters or, you know, his, his shop, garage, office space zone. I'm like, absolutely. I'd love to check it out. That sounds super cool. And so he's just like, welcome me in, like show me around, like show me kind of how they like run their operations a little bit and like show me all the insane cars that he had in the, in the shop. And, and just like that, that was like the one time I really did get to have like a good conversation with Ken. And he was like asking about rally. He was like, and he was like, he was kind of come do some like Canadian rally rounds. And he was asking me about like, Oh yeah. Like, is, is this a good event? Is that a good event? I was like, yeah, you should do this one. No, no, no. He's like, are you going to be there? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. Like, I don't really know if I have like the, you know, the money to do it or like where I'd get the car or this or that. And he's like, Oh man, you got to keep rallying. He's like, don't stop now. And then he kind of like, he almost kind of like gave me that like kick in the mm. ass to like, he's like, why would you stop? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, don't do it. He's like, he's like, I think something's going to happen for you. Like, just, just like, keep your head down, keep trying. And then like, sure enough, like it was like, I went to New Zealand, saw you guys, I got back home and then I was, I was on super motorsports. So yeah, I was it's like, crazy. Yeah. he's just like, he's so switched on with, with that stuff. Like he just, he just knew. Yeah. And yeah, there's guys like that, um, that they have so much weight behind their words. Yeah. So a guy like him, <laughs> he could have been bullshitting me a hundred percent, but like, I believed it because but, you kind of uh, know, like, yeah, but I mean, I feel like he's, yeah, he's the guy where like, if he says something to you, like a very genuine dude yeah. and it's like, you kind of have to listen to him yeah, like he's exactly he's ken block he's saying this for a reason like, totally take the advice and at that point like again like i didn't really know ken that well I, I had like friends of friends like my good friend anthony vitelli did a ton of shooting with ken and like he always said good things this and that and like like i i knew he was a good dude but i didn't know him that well personally mm. and then like as time went on like i started to realize like he had done the same thing for a lot of people around him like mm. where he was like hey like he gave them a good he gave them a start or he gave them a direction and those people like took off and like really successful with it. And you're like, just goes to show like, I mean, maybe that's his intuition of just knowing like people's abilities or he's, or he's setting people up and, and trusting in them. And, and yeah, yeah, it's like, but a lot of people around him, very successful people. Dude, there's a, there's a saying, you know, rising tide floats all boats (laughs) and it's just like, you get, I mean, I think when you were talking about Travis, like, let's share notes, let's do that. He's the same kind of guy. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and there's people that they're like empowering. Yeah. They're empowering in their words, they're empowering in their actions. Yeah. Like, you can't be around Travis and not want to be better. You know, 100%. you can't. Like, he the, elevates everything. And you think about what, like, what he did for you with Rally. Think about how many people he taught to backflip. <laughs> think about how many people he talked yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Double backflip. Like, yeah. just think about the level of empowerment that you know he's a guy like him's created, and Ken's the same guy. Same thing. You know, like you just, just different methods. Yeah. Like how they how they help people around them, or like you know, Travis is like very like in your face, and it's like very obvious. We're doing crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, where yeah. Ken's like, hey, let's like let's set the whole scene here, like how is this successful on like all fronts, you know, like, like, yeah, okay, you know how to 
do your sport, but like, how do you make it successful behind the scenes of just the sport? Like, and then Travis is very much like action focused. So he was like, Hey, we're, we're just here to do cool stuff. Like we're here to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's fucking cool to be just around those guys and, and like feel that vibe and, and that energy, you know, like just so much cool, cool stuff comes from people like that. There's not that many of them in the world, but I think that's why they have like the impact that they do on people. Like think about, yeah, just where action sports would be without just those two dudes, like individually. Think about even like Rob Deerdeck. Oh man. What he's done. And like, that's a, I'm pretty sure like that. I don't know the exact lineage, but I'm pretty sure Ken Block had like a lot to do with, you know, that guy and like the programs that, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a lot that comes from those kind of like really inspirational. Dudes. Yeah. Again, like I, I don't, I don't know either, but like you look at it and you're like, like seems like deer deck, you know, Ken, there was like, you know, obviously deer deck always spoke highly of Ken and he always like, he, yeah, like he was like, Ken's the man. It's like, obviously at some point I'm sure he got some help in his career from Ken. And then there's like the Danny ways and like yeah, yeah. all these dudes, you're just like, Ken is like, literally like some of the highest class athletes businessmen like in our industry like you know i think he's elevated all those dudes career whether or not that was already the trajectory they were going to be on but like he's definitely played a part yeah and i think what's cool too especially about trav and and ken like i mean ken made like phenomenal money like real crazy kind of money and he did what I would imagine I would do <laughs> yeah. with crazy yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like it's really cool to see a guy like that and there's a, there's you know like there's some other people I know where like they've just made fuck tons of money yeah. and they're like they were the 12 year old version but of them but you can respect that because <laughs> like we spoke about earlier I'm like I'm just trying to live the lifestyle yeah, if yeah. I don't have the money to live the, I gotta like I gotta like make the lifestyle work yeah, and yeah. Ken's like he's almost done both he's like well I've got the money but I also like I want to live the lifestyle I'm just gonna do it all yeah yeah I love that yeah. like and just the you know you can change like yeah. you could so easily change but it's like nah I'm moving to Park City I'm having a huge <laughs> warehouse I'm mountain biking and stuff yeah. like the, the whole deal you know dude so sick and like like literally the last time I saw Ken he was like it was after the event. It was after one of the last events, but he was like, I bought this property. Check all these. He was showing me photos of all these mountain bike trails he built on his new property. And I was like, like he's just living it. Just like, a frother. He loves it, dude. And I was like, this is so cool. And he's like, yeah, dude, come mountain bike. No, no, no. I'm like, man, I was just like, yeah, I was so stoked on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a pretty, that's a pretty like, special, special dude. Yeah. Um. So to go more into like maybe the business side of it, like, do you see yourself as like an entrepreneur? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I really no. don't in a way, but I mean, I've definitely let, um, kind of my, my passions and, and, you know, just like things that inspire me. Like, obviously like, you just get ideas in your head and you're like, oh, I just got to like make this happen. And that's kind of been like the things that have kept like pushing like my ideas forward that like, maybe make me look like an entrepreneur. Like, yeah. but it's not like business focused it's like it's really like passion driven yeah it's inspiration and then Ins- you're like just, the business side of it is what brings the inspiration a lot very much sense. very much that uh and, and it's just like i i understand that like there needs to be a business portion to it like i need to figure out how i get the funding to do these things or like like maybe I bring in, like I think it's a cool opportunity. So I try and bring in the right people or the right brands or something like make it as big as it can cool be, as, as cool be. as it can yeah. be. So I like, 
yeah, I feel like I'm okay to put in like the business work side of it. Like, like obviously like had like a, you know, a production company, you know, it's just like, it's a production company. Yeah. It's a bunch of like me and my buddies, but like, like I produce everything. I do every, like I do the whole lot, you know, but it's like, if I wasn't doing it for myself or my ideas, I don't, I don't want, I wouldn't want that to be my job. Like yeah, I don't picture myself yeah, being like, yeah, I have yeah, mountain biking yeah, doesn't yeah, work out. Yeah, I'll just yeah. be a producer. I'll just like yeah, yeah. get in the commercial world. And it's like, I'm like, I do it because it's like a means to getting to like the, the final point of this, like bucket, idea, idea bucket yeah. list, check this, check this thing off the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an entrepreneur. I just, I just think I just keep following my kind of heart with things. Yeah. Dude, that's so funny. I eh? like, cause obviously my background was the super high end production, like had a production. That's what, what I wanted yeah. to do. And then I, I did it long enough to realize it wasn't what I wanted. No. <laughs> I was like, fuck all this. Yeah. But then as soon as I think, I think the thing that killed it for me was just changes and like you get hired for something and then they're like, we want you to do what you want to do. And and then you do it. Not at and, the then, end. and then they're like, you get on a fucking Red Bull email with like 40 people you've never heard of before. Yeah. And then some random person is telling you that they don't like this. And I'm just going, okay, fuck this. Like, this is yeah. all very, very meaningless shit. And it looked to me like, okay, you have a job at Red Bull or whatever gotta, company. You justify like, your job. You have to do something here. Yeah. And then you get stuck in just iteration after iteration. And then I was like, it that took the love out of it for me. Yeah. But then with the podcast, like we do heaps of production work. Like I, right. I would say we still you have, have a production company <laughs> and I love all of the stuff yeah. that we do, but it's like for you, my own ideas. Because you know you're going to be excited about the final product. Yeah. You're and, like, and it's is, my final product. You're bringing it to life. Yeah. yeah. And if, it, if you don't like that particular bit of music or yeah. if you think that cut sucks, then like, cool, man. Like, just do your own as thing as, like I did. As long as you're happy with it, then you can be proud of it, you know? And like, that was always the thing with, why I started doing it myself more and more was like, like I might be with like a production company and like, sometimes it'd be like awesome. Like I get to do a rad shoot or this or that. And, and we'd be really excited about what we got. And then there's sometimes where I was like, I could see it. I was like, if we had like two more mm. days of shooting or we like, maybe like, like planned out the day a little different, we would have been more productive and like this and that. And it kind of was like, I feel like if I did my own thing, I could do it better. Yeah. And that was always it. And then I'm like, I'm just going to invest in myself. Like I'm going to prove, prove my, to myself mainly that like that idea actually is real. Like that, like I could do it better. Like I could make my riding come across as like, you know, a lot more exciting, a lot more interesting. Give me the opportunity to maybe do some new tricks, not just like be pushed in the small window to like, just get the shot, you know, mm. like get a shot. Um, and that's kind of how that evolved. Like, yeah, you just have like, for me, and it was like, I'm going to do things differently. I might have a different look. And if people don't like it, then, well, that kind of sucks. But if I like it, I can at least feel good about that. Yeah. And so what did that process look like? Did, so you did some shoots maybe that didn't work out the way, but you knew guys that shot and then you had, you know, like a photographer friends. And then you're like, okay, let's assemble the Avengers of like this particular thing. I've got, I want to do it my way this one time. Yeah. And then that goes well. And then it sort of turns into like you having a production company or like, what's the stages yeah. that it goes through? Essentially. Like it was just kind of like a perfect storm at that time. Like I had just done like a ton of, like I did a movie with like 
another production company and I was doing like video parts with other production companies. And then I was doing like Red Bull, um, you know, YouTube series yeah. stuff. And it was like, it was just like, none of it was controlled by me really. Like I, I had, I had say at certain times to be like, well, what, what are we going to do for this? Like, how do you want to approach this and this and that? But it was like, it wasn't my production. And, and then I did some like little, like just web edits, just like random stuff, like with a buddy that, um, he got hired by one of the sponsors that I've had forever and we went out and did a little shoot and it was like super fun. We like kicked it off really well. And he was kind of in a position where he felt like the same way. He's like, it's always someone telling me what to do. And like, I feel like I could do it better. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of do too. And he's like, should we just, should we just do try we become best friends? Yeah. Were we best friends now? <laughs> uh, and we kind of just were like, let's just do it. Like, fuck it. Like what, what do we have to lose? You know, like let's just try and, you know, maybe get a little bit of support for like a bigger idea we have. And then we just started like putting ideas down and we just like just started doing it and just making it happen. And then that kind of snowballed into like, this is actually working and like people are fired up on it and we're having fun, you know, like way more fun than we would on these like other mm. shoots. And it's like, I feel like the riding is gnarlier and like, like the, the, the level of the content's getting better. And, but we're not like, like it's like, I'm less stressed, you know, mm. like, and he's like not stressing it as much. And so it was like a, it was a really good like rhythm. And then obviously at that time it was like just the people around us, like I had some buddies that were photographers and they were just like, they just wanted to do, be a part of these like personal projects. They just thought it was cool. And like, so they would come along and then we just like built a, built a, like a family a crew, of, yeah. of people that were all like really talented, but in ways where they could like add to the production, mm. you know, like guys that do animation and guys do audio and like, okay, perfect. We've got like a small little production company now. So we can just like keep doing this stuff. And that, then, that's so sick. Yeah. And then it, it kind of went on and on. Like we just kind of evolved it and then we did some commercial work. And then, you know, in that experience of doing commercial work, I was like, yeah, it's like, it's not for me. Like it's cool. And like you get a nice check at the end of it, but I hated someone always changing. Like we had like a vision and then it was like our vision changed and it wasn't what we were trying to create. So I was like, I'm like, at that point I was like, I, I'm happy with where I am. Like, this is, I don't need to be making a bunch of money. I just need to be making enough money to do this thing. Yeah. Like this is working. Like I'm really excited about it. And I can imagine though, that you would have made more money doing it that way than if you were just a rider that was like the Red Bull guys are like, Hey, the shoots here. Oh, so it didn't. No, really. It costs a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spent a lot of money to do. I mean, I still do like it's, it's an investment. Like, I look at it like I make a certain amount of money and I'll, I'll go, I'm willing to give up this portion of what I earn so to, that you've got the control so that I can yeah, do, yeah, yeah. just do what I want to do. You know? Okay. And it's like, again, it's that lifestyle. It's like, I don't want to be told what to do all the time. And I want to feel like, uh, you know, energized and inspired when I go to, to do these things. Like it, it, I want to see myself doing this for a long period of time, but I, yeah. I can see myself getting burnt out if someone always has the control. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it's not going in a trajectory that like inspires me, then I'm going to be like, all right, you know, maybe this isn't it. I'll just ride my bike for fun or do this. Like it doesn't need to be work. Man, it's, but for me, I'm like, it's got to like, I'm going to just do it right. Like it's, it's wor like, I'm still living the lifestyle. I still have enough money to live. It's okay to invest that little bit. It's as much as I'd love to like put that away in a savings account or whatever, but it's just like, for me, like I just, I just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something as well that like, so that investment, and I think about this all the time. It's like the thing I have to go back to 
whenever like in the moment i feel like shit's not where it needs to be it's just like can i do this for 20 years yeah, yeah and totally. like when i started the podcast i was 30 basically yeah. or like 29 and i was like all right rogan's 50 yeah. <laughs> like literally that's what i got this yeah i was like rogan's 50 yeah. like i could do this for 20 years if i make like i have to do a job for t- the next fucking 20 years right so it's like let's do like let's do this to the level that makes me want to do it yeah. for 20 years exactly and that's always been a thing that's in the back of my mind and like you, when you when you said before about like covid with the podcast like that was a weird time in the way that there was 150 new podcasts a week oh yeah it was fucking psycho Crazy. and it was like when we started this in i think it was like 2018 it wasn't like that big of a thing especially not in australia like it just people didn't really listen to podcasts in australia in the way that they do now yeah but that was one time where i would just see these people come and where you had to mentally tell yourself like cool it's not like will they be there in 20 years and it's just like you don't have to focus on those external things when you've kind of got an internal deal you know and like yeah. people all the time that you know they say oh you must be stoked at this or isn't this cool i'm like we're just getting started yeah. like we're a quarter of a way into the plan right now and it's like half a decade of work is only a quarter of the way through you know like what we're trying to exactly. achieve so yeah i think it's like uh i can't remember what book it was maybe like seven habits of highly effective people the first chapter is begin with the end in mind <laughs> yeah and totally. it's, it's so true but it's it's only you that understand that right like everyone yeah. looking in like what they see is oh this is this is it like this is what we're we're gonna see forever but it's like you have a you have a path you're like no i like i see where it's going like but like no one will understand that till i show you and it's that's the same as you doing a one-handed tabletop you know (laughs) in a lot of sense yeah that's like the the very beginning step maybe though but yeah but it's like you You have to start there you see the vision in your head yeah so exactly yeah from like when i we we decide that we're gonna be on this jump and we're gonna do this trick to me actually getting that clear and then the first time that you do it that everyone's like dude you nailed it like like, killed it and then you're like shit bro like that was garbage yeah you know so yeah it's like you're the one that has that but it's like i think that if you can do things with that in mind like right from day one then well that's ideal yeah and i think that that it makes like all of the challenges that come at you it kind of makes them a little bit easier to dissolve because you've got you're like no i'm pretty steadfast on this you can see past it yeah yeah and and in that same sense i feel like you need to be a bit malleable like Mm. when you have that big picture because you can get so locked in on like it has to be like this it has to be like this but like if you're okay with things kind of changing a little bit as you move along towards that direction, like I feel like you usually end up at like a happier place as well. Like you're like, that wasn't how I pictured it, but you know what? This is maybe better. Yeah. Like that little bit of, it's like the universe dust. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you've got, cause like, the unexpected. That's, that's like what we're doing in a weird sense in this world. Or it's like how I've always thought about like my own life is like, as humans we have this weird ability to like visualize the future right and as far as we want <laughs> yeah yeah you know within reason but it's yeah. like i can picture like i see an old i saw an old dude yesterday and it looked like he had like osteoporosis or something you know he's like real hunched and he was like walking yeah so like immediately in my head i'm like all right I'm, i want to keep doing stretching i want to keep like yeah, there's wanna, a reason i'm yeah. doing all like so you can look 
like I'm 35, dude was probably 85. Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you can visualize 50 years down the road. And, and we do this thing where like we create, we spend all day, every day almost just in our head creating the universe yeah. that we want to live in. And then we have a weird ability to make that happen. Like yeah. we're in this room because I thought we could be in this room, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but what you said is that there's also the universe that kind of doesn't give a fuck. Like literally has no idea about your plans, doesn't care. They're like, it's just this completely mechanical thing that you're in and it's like you've got to do a dance between yeah. like those two things and if you're locked off and you're so rigid then there's like a lot that you're going to lose yeah, out exactly on. Yeah, like you built this room yeah but you built this room in australia yeah and then yeah. it's like COVID happened and you're like i'm going to build this room in california <laughs> yeah so it's like in a weird way yeah those those two worlds kind of mesh and it is strange when you have that vision and then it's like it actually comes to real life you're like I always like, like saw this, you know, as like, that would be cool. And then when it happens, you're like, it's crazy that that actually happened. Like that just worked out. Yeah. And do you have a thing for me in my life? The things that always work out are the things I could see the most clearly. hundred percent. Yeah. And these days now that if I, re if I can't really see it, like really, really it. see it, then I, I almost yeah. won't do it. Yeah. I'd say like on the bike, like with tricks, mm. like if I can't visualize it in my head, I'm like zero confidence. Like if, just not if it's it. in my head, like, is like, you know, super clear. I'm like, I know I can do it. It's like, it's scary as it is. It's like, I know it's there. Mm. Yeah. There's like, a, it's a, that's a weirdly powerful thing to do. Like, and I would think that with edits, like when I was doing, um, I don't know if you ever saw that dream ride video. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I watched that <laughs> like shot for shot. Yeah. Before I even built a jump. Totally. Like even yeah. down to the the intro scene in the fucking so in the plane. Like yeah. I it's I had never didn't know anyone with that kind of plane. I didn't I wanted a shot where like and I'd spent my whole life in that area and I knew that when you flew over this place and if you flew over this like how the reef would look and right. like what it looks like. So I could shot for shot watch that. And then there's been other projects where, like, I've gone on the project. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm right, making. Yeah. And they I'm sucked. Lost. They yeah. sucked. <laughs> but it's like the stuff that, it's almost like if I can't, couldn't watch it before I shot it in my own head, yeah. then I, I did not have confidence in the project. Totally. Yeah, it's like you, you can literally play it in your head before you've started. I was always like, when I had that in the beginning, I was always scared that, like, oh, it's not going to be what I, like, had pictured, you know? But then now when I go to a project, I'm like, if I can't like picture the whole project, like how it would kind of come together, it would start stressing me out. Cause I'm like, it always works out better when I have like, like a timeline, like yeah, yeah. mental timeline. Do you get more anxiety around shoots or less anxiety around shoots now that it's all on you? I would say, I would say it's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> there's aspects that are harder like yeah. way harder and then there's aspects that i'm like i feel more comfortable about because i have the control you know even just like mainly with the riding like where i just don't i don't have to put myself like i could be like you know what like i'm the one spending the money like it's really windy today i'm not doing it i don't want to kill myself yeah. whereas like it's a little weird when like you're there and it's like mm the person that's paying the filmers is expecting to get, they're basically telling the filmers like, Hey, we need this done in three days. Yeah. 
and like you're about to waste a whole day. Everyone's got it's flights booked. Everyone's totally. got like it's a gnarly deal. And you're about to waste a whole day because it's too windy to ride. But like everyone's looking at me. They're like, well, we can't work unless you're doing your job. So they're like, either you ride in the wind yeah. or we get yelled at. And it's like, so then that, like that pressure was always really gnarly. I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm the one that's like, you know, these guys have, you know, guys and girls, whoever's on the shoot, they have families, they got, you know, mortgages, whatever. It's like, I don't want to feel like I'm taking away from them because I'm like, this you're dude, looking out for your safety. Cause like, yeah. Cause yeah. I'm like this dude that can't do his job or whatever. Or like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe I hurt myself on one day of the shoot and I'm like, ah, like, I'm like, I can barely ride. Like my ankles blown up or whatever it is. So that, that part always got so stressful. The, the part that's the most stressful, like when I do the production is that like, that it is all on me. And like, basically if the project doesn't get finished, like if I hurt myself in the middle of the shoot and it doesn't get done or it just goes to complete crap, like, and we just, it doesn't basically, if we can't finish the project and get a final product, then I basically spent all this money and I don't get anything back. Like I can't even mm. try and sell the project or like get support for it. Or like if someone is going to support it and I can't deliver, they're not going to pay me. Mm. Like I'm not going to get any money back, but I might've spent like literally all the money accounted for the project might have already been spent with like the build and everything's been rented and everything's like, you know, accommodation food. The boys have traveled there and like, you know, other than some post-production costs, like I've pretty much spent the whole lot. So mm. that's, that's the stressful part now. Um, but again, it's like, I, I trust in my abilities and I trust in my preparation. And then I just, you just take, there's that bit of risk to it. And it's, it's, it's always worth it in the end, but yeah. Um, how do you feel about just the content landscape these days? Like uh, I watch, yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah. I watch, I watch uh, balancing act and I go, thank fucking God someone <laughs> made this video. Like, thank, thank you for not having 45 TikToks in a row. Yeah. Because that's kind of the landscape at the moment. And, you know, like we did, I love bike builds. Like that's my selfishly, yeah. that's my thing. I fucking love more nice. than anything else is to build like a super dope bike, have a weave a story into it like the we did the 350 i love 350s yep. like i got hurt doing jiu-jitsu so i like built this sick bike and then i ended up giving it to my brother to race and then that meant i had to do like another race on it and it just like it just evolved yeah. it's, and then it gets me to the track it gets me in the shop it gets me it uh, there's something so i don't know like fucking cool there yeah. for me but then it's like i posted a 35 minute youtube video on making this bike and it's like that's not what works these days no. luckily it did like that video actually crushed it and it re-gives you faith but one thing i've always really really respected about you and your creativity is that you never really f seemed like a guy that wanted to bend to the algorithm and to the thing that's in right now you've always made i'm sure there's an element of it at times but you've always made the content that you wanted to make yeah it's it's striking that balance obviously and like the landscape changed so fast like crazy it's man. like i feel like even the last couple months i'm like it's different than it used to be you know and like i want to i want to create something that feels like very whole and like thought out and curated and and sometimes i can't just be like a social video yeah um, but then, like you said, it's like, you're like, is it even going to do well? And like when it does, you're like, thank God. Yeah. And then when it doesn't, you're like, crap. But like, at least it's still something I'm proud of. Like I wanted to do it. I did it my way. 
like I can't be like bummed on that but then it's like it's it's taking that like you know you're trying to also create a bit of a business and make it work because like I want to continue to make this stuff but Mm. if it just doesn't like if no one wants to be involved or support it then it's like I don't get to do it at all it's like there needs to be a bit of a balance where you can find that line of like it's working and you can continue doing it but you still have control of like how the content is going to be shaped Mm. Um, so for me I mean like I I look at it and I'm like especially I would say right now I'm like it needs to evolve like there's something like I would like to do like whether it's like separate from a lot of the stuff I'm already doing or it's like there's something that like kind of like comes into it or like maybe like how you market it and PR it behind all the content or before the content like there could be other ways to like infuse a little bit of like what's kind of catchy now and add that in there Mm. but I don't want to just like take them take the format that's like the algorithm like you said and just be like well this is it now I'm not I'm not going to do that I'm just doing this because that's what works and everyone's happy about that Um, it just doesn't work for me it's 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 kind of like it's being challenged for sure you know it's like showing up to a a slope style course and being like I've never ridden this feature I got to figure out how to trick this thing. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, they didn't tell us they were, this was going to be here. We didn't get to practice this. Uh, like, you know, it's like, it's annoying because you're like, why do they have to keep changing things? Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. it like, but then you get through it and you're like, no, I'm stoked on this. I just got like a new creative window and like, like I learned something. So is, is frustrating, frustrating as it can be, like, like it's changing as fast as it is. It sometimes leads to like, you know, cooler better projects or what are content or just like new opportunities yeah yeah because it's such a changing landscape now and like i mean the like the a dream ride video now like i just i just don't see that getting a million views even just like feature films you're like i love a feature film like if someone's like gonna pour their heart into like a full feature and like you know if it's an action sports film and there's 12 athletes that are gonna put crazy video parts together like i love that yeah but you just know these days that that's just not it's not a format that works like you'll never like you can't just sit on your sit on content for a, i mean you're never going to make a film in less than a year really at this point so it's like you're going to be working on this thing for a minimum a year you're not going to like you know to keep it like nice and tight you're not going to want to release social and yeah which means you're not you're not present. Yeah, yeah. You're not feeding the machine. Yeah. And then it's like, then you have this one big release, but it's like, you maybe had impressions on a 45 minute video, hour long video, but it got the same amount of views as your 45 second to one minute video on social. It's like, but it's like, how do you separate like, you know, this many people sat down for an hour and took in this like amazing piece versus like people were scrolling through and they kind of just like, yeah. They saw your content quick and kept scrolling, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not, I don't feel like it's the same, like people don't digest it, those mm. two things the same way. Yeah, they so might like, be a hundred thousand views but, on each, but yeah. Not but equal. when you look at it black and white, like it's like, yeah. I'm reading, I'm reading the paper, you know, like as like a, you know, someone at a brand, they're like, well, what did this, what did this gain us? Like we did the same thing with this one social video. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what people miss is what it does for the culture. Yeah and like our generation like we're a similar age we grew up in a similar generation like my whole life was shaped by 
fuck chain reaction 100%. you know what yeah. like uh, uh, the the great outdoors all of these films like the on the pipe series like earthed you yeah. know like yeah. dude that's that's my fucking life like my music taste steel roots like everything that like was well, so much of who i am yeah is because of those films and like friends of mine you know like i new friends that come into your life and you bond over bro you're a steel roots kid like you're a crusty guy like yeah, this is totally, how we totally. can you get in a car yeah. you get in a rental car together and you're just like mini warriors four playlist yeah. like fuck let's go so, so i get so worried nowadays that it's like from the business's perspective that like yeah i get that things need to perform right now but it's like what responsibility do we have to the culture yeah like what are the kids like uh, is there going to be a kid that wants to ride a bike like you or is we just going to end up with three million dickheads on <laughs> <laughs> but like i mean and to that like there's some dude on youtube i don't know if you've seen him Suronster. no bro the guy gets like fucking a million views upload <laughs> and he just wears a helmet with a gopro and a mic and like you never see his face and he just uploads Suron content and the dude's getting a million views of video yeah, and i'm just like what where are, i mean good for him yeah, like obviously 100%. rad but it's like that the landscape is so different yeah. now and it, it worries me for the culture going forward uh, i and i would 100 percent agree with that and i would say like i've thought about this recently i'm like i feel like sub something that's like that has more culture or is like more thought out or like maybe, you know, it comes in a longer format is still really important. I think like as we start to like steer away from that for like a longer period of time, it, I'm hoping to see it come back because people are going to realize like, you know, like people are just like way too like, uh, just, you know, getting like, they're just getting so much like overwhelmed with like TikTok, Instagram. And it's like, at some point it's like, they need something they can like, like you would to sit down and, you know, and watch like a, like a movie on Netflix or something where you like, you take it in a bit more. And I'm like, we need that to kind of like infuse the sports with that culture again. And like things, I, I would hope that it comes back around just cause like, I think hundred percent agree that all action sport needs that. Like any, any, you know, sport there is right now. Cause that's what we're all built off. So we were built off and that's like, where like, I feel like you just learn more. Like, it's like, I feel like you don't like you said like the music and like maybe like the way people would like film things or like the style people would like add to their video part like maybe they were like they would bring in an aspect of their life to their video part and that was like the creative and yeah and like a skit or a, exactly yeah, and yeah. it's like it kind of built the culture around the sport and then it was like a talking point and this and that where it's like social like you can't embody all that and um you know this other short form content but yeah, it's so tough. Like it's 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 hard to know. And then it, it, I, at the same time, I feel like the way that the content is going, I feel like it's changing how you need to like basically like the way you would do your sport as an athlete. Like mm. it's almost like sometimes now, like the craziest trick isn't the most impactful thing. It's like just how you you could do something you've done a million times, but if you just do it like the right kind of way and it's a short little moment and you upload that to social all of a sudden it's just crazy like mm. so i'm like i feel like these like insane video parts are like almost becoming more risky than they were back in the day because in the back of the day it was like you could build your whole career off like a crazy video part but now it's like you could have a crazy video part and no one even watches it yeah it's it's insane yeah yeah it's um 
yeah, it it just worries me that we're just going to lose a lot, you know. And and it, when you were talking about living in BC and the snowboard culture that was kind of there, it really makes sense to me when you said that. Like, it was kind of a bit of a light bulb as to like, oh, that's why mountain biking has the filming that it has. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Because all the... I always wondered yeah. where I come from. Well, obviously, like, snowboarding had, like, insane cinematography. And they were just, like, dialed. Yeah. You know? And they're in the mountains. Yeah. They're just... And they're there the whole time. But then for the other six months of the year, those dudes had nothing to do. So then they go film mountain biking. You know? It was like, oh, this is how I work in the summer. And then we go back to shooting snowboarding. But they were, like, so dialed. Like... Yeah. All those dudes are, like... Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at, um, you know, obviously, like... Freeride Entertainment had like, you know, I think they did stuff with Matchstick and then there was, you know, Ant Hill was like, they did Alterna and they did a bunch of other like, uh, worked with other production companies, like, I don't know, like maybe like Whiteout or something. And then, yeah, like all these like really like big mountain bike production companies that have been around since like the early Freeride days are like, they all were just snowboard filmers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's influenced so much of like the culture and the way that you guys showcased the sport to the world, you yeah. know? And I think like even I grew up racing mountain bikes and like, so mountain biking was a big part of that. But even when I stopped, like I've always watched the content, like yeah. it was always a flagship. And like, even when I did dream ride, the whole concept of dream ride was like the thing that sucks about moto is that you can't put it in a bag and put it on a plane and go somewhere yeah like there's no destination at all with moto like every single thing is the same track the same test track the same bike. like you drive a van there you unload the van like how the fuck can we get away from that and it was such a huge like handicap in the sport in a sense is that like we just you you couldn't travel yeah you know yeah totally and and yeah, to that project to me was like, all right, what would happen if I did like a mountain bike thing where right. it's like you go and it was films like, um, you know, like life cycles and there's just totally. all these where it was just, it was such an effort and it was custom made and it was, you know, obviously in a moto context, it's like a lot harder, harder to for sure. do, but yep. you can just see the impact that it has on the culture when you can make that style of content and you can showcase that to people like it inspires generations yeah and we're we're really fortunate like you know i'm always like wish i was a skateboarder or this and that you just go into the city and whatever you find cool little spots everywhere but it's like we're super lucky that we get to like get outside that and like we get to travel the world see crazy spots we can ride our bikes on like so many different types of terrain and environments and like it is an aspect that i i do really appreciate um especially like from a production standpoint yeah it's like you can constantly change the environment yeah but at the same time like that level of production has been so high from early on and it's continued to grow 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 where it's like it's it's like serious like Mm. it's like commercial level like skateboarding it's like you can go with a vx yeah yeah, with your homie and if you you don't go with a vx you're kind of a loser that's totally it yeah (laughs) yeah but like you can just do that format and it's like very minimal cost and you're in the city and it's like, like there's whatever, like you could, it's very low overhead. Like, yeah, let's go to can, Barcelona and skate. Exactly. Yeah. And you can make your like 
the video part or video parts for the year that are going to like, you know, set your career off yep. for that. You know, like it's like, this is like progressive thing or mountain biking. It's like you need that whole like commercial pr- production level to follow you and be doing the same stuff. And you need to be traveling and you're like, you know, you're maybe f- super deep in the desert or like out in the woods or this or that. It's just like, it becomes crazy expensive. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's full commercial. Yeah. yeah. I would think that I remember the first time I watched Art of Flight and like being a filmer and just being like, <laughs> what? Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> like they are so cold. Yeah. <laughs> they are so hungry. They're so tired. Like the cameras are so heavy. Like every single metric that you want to measure this production, this is torture for these people yeah, that, that have, you know, doing it. And it, it's like you said, it's kind of this carries into mountain bike. It's yeah, crazy. Totally. And then the winter, winter sports is even crazier to me. Like getting up at three in the morning, four in the morning, whatever, like loading up the sled, driving to wherever, sledding into the zone. They get there. They've got like the jump was built the day before, whatever, like, you know, and then it's like, it's overcast. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like something blows in. You're like, oh, don't worry about it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. And like the days you talked before about like the cost of keeping people for days, like just snow, it's dealing, wild, like man. in the back country or just out there just waiting and waiting and wait. And then that pressure that puts on the athletes to yeah. just be like, bang, bang, go. You have to go right now. Like that you could die on this run. I don't care. You've got to go <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, totally. Avalanche, yeah. maybe. Could you just go? Yeah, you start to like, I mean, you start to break apart like a video part in like some of these sports. It's like, okay, the, you know, they came to this location, all the travel costs, accommodation costs, food, whatever. And then it's like, okay, then they built the feature. They spent this much time. They had to pay the people to help or whatever it is. It cost that much. And then it took this many days to shoot the feature. And then they got five to 10 seconds of footage. And it's like, you spent five to ten thousand dollars to get one clip for your video part it's like okay, now you need at least 20 more of those it's like it's crazy when you like you do when start, you really do the math yeah and and it is one of these like you know travel video parts like you're not just in a location that's like home or somewhere where you have like accessibility to somewhere to stay and people to work with and this and that it's like if you're like on a destination video part it's like serious like you're like i need to be as productive as possible because like every day is really expensive yeah do you is creativity like a thing that is in short supply like you find it hard not hard but i guess it's like a the like you're really hunting for the right idea or are you a guy that has a lot of ideas and you're playing catch up to like you've got more than enough in a sense comes in waves okay yeah i would say like there's times where i'm like i've got a lot of ideas and then i'm just like kind of like don't know what to do i'm like how do i do this do i do that and like kind of scrambling and then then there's times where i'm like i i literally like i don't have a direction like i'm not sure what the next thing is or whatever i might have an idea but i don't have a location or i might have a location but i have no idea like what that looks like if we Who go there fits, uh, like- yeah and it's just like it can be challenging, but like when the stars align, you're like, Oh, I got this idea. And Oh, actually, you know what? Like I got, you know, an opportunity to do something at this location. They're like, well, that's perfect. Like, let's just do that. And it's, and then it, you know, it's so nice when the stars align, but yeah, it's like, sometimes it's, it's easy. Like I'll come into a season and I'll be like, Oh, I'm good. I got like five video part ideas 
and like whatever, like, you know, a direction in my head of like what I'm going to do with it. And then there's other years I come in, I'm coming in and I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm like scrambling. I'm like hitting up whoever I need to hit up or just like finding like, like literally like when I did raw 100, the last raw 100 yeah, bike yeah. one that, that abandoned mine. Yeah. I was on Flickr. I was like, I was losing my mind. I was like, I'm just going to like, I need to find a cool location. And then I was like, people on Flickr post weird random locations. So I'm like on Flickr, just like typing in like random landscape, like stuff, like just anything. And then a photo of like this, like collapsed abandoned building came up and I was like, this is super cool looking. Like that looks like an up ramp and that you'd be like a drop and the dirt looks kind of sick. And then there's like wall rides here. And I was like, where is this? It's gotta be, it's going to be in like, somewhere crazy it's gonna be like russia or like, yeah. you know yeah, like i'm yeah. like i don't know where it's gonna be and then it was like merit bc it's like <laughs> three hours from my house i was like okay cool who, we on that who owns this place yeah. boom like figured it out called the dude the next day like it was like obviously like getting the permits for that shoot took like a whole year because like the dude's red the dude well no it was well it was my production oh uh, okay Obviously, like Rebel support it, but yeah, yeah, like I did the whole thing, but it was like, can you get some of the Red Bull stuff when it's your production and then you just deliver them a video or they get the final piece? So, but so then you, do you do, do you have to play by all their rules and when it comes to production stuff? Then if it's I'm, not in a, their, I'm in a gray area, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know how that shit goes, it fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I've kind of like, and we have that relationship where it's like they know they know how I work, and and like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like getting paid as a production like uh, this is like i spend my time because i want to do this stuff i'm like hey i'm doing this you guys want to be a part of it and then it's like you guys you guys are essentially licensing the video and we're going to collaborate on it and do some fun stuff with it but like it's it's my production i'm not asking for money to be a producer i'm not asking the production to like you know it's just like we're doing this and you're going to be a part of it if you're excited and that's that's great and then obviously like they'll have some say and like Hey, like, here's some ideas or like, you know, maybe can we do this for the video? And then, you know, it's like, it's collaborative at times, but a lot of the time they're like, you have a vision, we trust you. But at this point in your career, we've done it enough yeah. that we, we trust each other. And it's like, that's the working relationship. And yeah, I'm not like, again, I'm not trying to be a production company. I'm just like, I'm just trying to get my ideas. Like, I'm just trying to make, bring it, bring it, bring it yeah. to life, you know? Yeah. And so that was, yeah. One of those ones was like, I think I've got the next raw 100 spot. Like. And like it took me like a year to get this dude to say yes. We got permission. Really? And what was, was his like? What was his reservation? Or what does it normally get used for that place? Well, it was a, a deactivated mine, and then they started up. Like he purchased it, and they started up again. Okay. Um, but that part of the mine that we were using was like all old buildings. He had built new buildings, new facility, whatever. And then they're mining up above and this, like the property's big, but that, that area we use was kind of down on like one side of the property. And then he was sort of like, he was super cool. He was actually like kind of like embedded into some like more like typical sport, like team sport stuff in, in the area. And, um, it's really rad dude actually. Um, but he was just sort of like, he didn't understand he didn't get it, action guess. sports as yeah, much. And yeah. he's like, hey, are these, you know, he's kind of like, obviously, we're just like some dirtbag mountain bikers. He's like, he's like, are you guys, you guys dialed? Yeah, you, know? you guys like, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's also like, hey, we've got, we've got, um, you know, operations happening here. And it's, it's a mine. It's an active mine. It's like not a, like a safe place to just have people around and other machinery around. So 
that was like a bit of the conversation and he was totally into it. Like you could tell he was kind of excited about it, but he was just like hesitant to be like, yes. Mm. And then COVID happened. And then it was sort of like, obviously there was some really weird months and I didn't, I obviously didn't reach out in that time because I was like, everyone's doing their own thing. And as it started to kind of like, there was a little period in the middle of COVID where it started mellow to mellow out, out a little yeah. bit. I like, I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, just FYI, like I'd still be keen to do this. Well, like, just let me know, like if this is a possibility and he's like, well, we're shut down. Like oh, there's no one here. So yeah. he's like, just roll up, do it. He's like, yeah. And that's that was it. Cool. And that was like what gave us the opportunity pretty much. How long are you spending on a video like that? So I'm asking like I mean, very, very film nerd questions. Right I now. planned that one out for like, uh, over a year, like for like the shoot itself, like how how quickly can you? Or like I guess you you had to build the features and then to to shoot it. Like how much time are you? Yeah, I would say like once like I have that? once I have like idea of like what I want to do from like a writing standpoint and I have a location. It takes probably you know like there's the time to like figure out okay who's gonna be shooting and like and like how many days do we need this and that like I'll I'll do like the logistics of it takes me. And that's you doing that? Yeah. Like, so you're the a producer, essentially. Yeah, I would say logistics is, like, you know, I, I need a minimum of a month. But, like, sometimes I'll spend, like, three months. Once I've, like, once I've got a location and once I know, like, what I'm doing as a rider. And then once we're on set, it's typically, like, 10 to 14 days. We can We can do a full build and shoot. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit more. Like, if it's a really big one, like, I would give ourselves more, like, closer to 18 days. Um, but like that one we did in 12 days, man, that's so cool. Yeah. And so you're the spreadsheet dude. You're the email dude. You're the budget dude. Everything. Like, no way. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, like, I know obviously from like the film, like the photography stuff that you do, like you take epic photos and like even in, uh, the balancing act, you're like, we'll do it here, like backlit. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, everything that you're doing but yeah to hear that you're the dude typing the emails sending the making the calls booking the locations like just all that that's a, such a heavy lift to do while also trying to be one of the most progressive riders in the sport you know yeah i mean it's like i said i don't really want to be a producer but when there's like a means to something i really want to do then i'm like i'll just do the work you know it's like if you want it done right you do it yourself and that's like I've learned that the hard way I feel like over my career yeah. this time and you're just like I have a vision I can't like like you know there's certain people in your life that you can trust to like you know yeah. help drive that vision for but for the most part it's like the best person to bring that vision to life is, is yourself so you just like yeah just get into it like creativity in general like do you were you creative before this in a sense of like you would have if let's say there's no mountain bike or there's none of that you, you would have shot film you would have like or is this all come out of your career in a sense like the pro, the proclivity to be uh creative in that sense um i, I don't really know like i guess i was always kind of like interested in photography like even yeah. when i was younger but i think like how you were saying like when you watched like all the films that you grew up on it was like that gave you your sense of like that's how I want to ride that's the kind of music I want to listen to 
I think like that was kind of like was a bit of like okay I want to film my riding but I'm like oh it'd be sick if we yeah. shot it like that one clip in that one movie and like when he was doing that but I'm gonna do this instead it was like I think that aspect of it kind of like made me more interested in like the, the so super symbiotic yeah the creative side of it yeah and like maybe I wanted to take something that like's already been done but like just play with it you know like like let's do it a little different way or this or that and then it just like maybe like the bit of creativity I had just started to like snowball because I'm like look what you can do with this stuff you can just yeah. go crazy you know so then I just started doing like maybe going a bit more wild and like diving into that like what can we do with this or like what should the like what should the look be what should the style be like how do we color grade it like yeah you know just those like aspects of yeah, making it different every time. And do you enjoy the tech aspect of it? Yeah, I do. I've always been into like, you know, the equipment, like, like my bike or like, you know, like yeah. into, you know, cameras and random things. Like, I just didn't really understand it. And then the more I started to get involved in it, I was like, okay, like I, and that was a part of like me wanting to shoot a little bit is like, if mm. I understand the cameras, I understand what's possible. Yeah. Because like, there'd be times where like, I'd be on a production mm. and I'd like, I didn't really understand the shot. I'm like, okay, well, what lens do they have on? Are they going to see this jump? Are they going to see like the, the setup jump to the jump? And then like how much of the run out are they going to see? Cause I want to like, I want to make sure like I'm looking the best I can from when I enter frame to when I leave. But if I'm like yeah, coming in yeah, kind of yeah, lazy yeah, looking yeah, yeah. and then I do a cool trick and then I like kind of skid early or do something lame. Then I'm like, I'm going to be like, Ruins I, did the, I did the cool trick, but then I blew it the rest of the shot. So I'm like, I want to understand, like, I could just like look at the camera and be like, you know, walk by the filmer and be like, okay, okay. I know exactly what he's looking at. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's very high level to be thinking because, you know, the, for people that don't know, like you put a 200 millimeter lens on, like you're not going to see really much before and much after, like the background's going to appear like super close to whatever it is that you're shooting. Whereas you go 16 to 35, you're going to see all of the landscape all of the city and about you know so there's like there's so much in that and for sure when you start to kind of like dive into those details there's so many things and i think like the mountain bike world is like a i'm gonna say it's nerdy like for sure like they dissect things like yeah you know oh his like cables were here and like you know this and that and whatever they they dissect things and like i like i do too when i watch that stuff so i'm like okay the filmers shooting up the pipe with the 300 mil on. I'm like, are you on my tires? You on my face? Cause like, I don't want to have like a stupid face. So I'm riding, you know, like all tight. (laughs) There's just like little things. You just like, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much like you will put into like the smallest aspects of it that aren't even like the riding. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, uh, camera? Um, go photography for photography. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, not really, I guess I'm just going to shoot whatever I have like a little, Fuji class, um, like point and shoot. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, but it's just like, it's fun. It's not like the most technical film camera. Like it's just literally just to capture the moments of me and my friends being dumb. And then I have like a film, like a, like M6. I, I really quite like, I don't, I don't shoot it enough cause it's like the, the Fuji's nice cause I can just like slip it in a pocket. Yeah. The, you know, the like it's are built like tanks, they're heavier and you're like, they're bulkier. So, but it's fun to shoot. And it's like, you can kind of go out and shoot film like well. Yeah. Um, and then I just have a little Canon R5. That's kind of like, it's kind of like the crash cam for a lot of the productions. Like we'll put it on the stabilizer or we're like, 
you know, get audio with it and this and that, but it's for digital, you know, smaller light digital camera. It's amazing. And then like, I just have a bunch of like prime, um, RF lenses for it and they're wicked. They're just fast and small and light. And it's like, for me just to go out and, you know, shoot some stuff. It's, it's an awesome little camera, like more than I need. What, what sort of stuff are you shooting in like your daily life? Um, it's like, as I would love to shoot like action stuff, like, but I'm usually the subject. I'm usually the the subject or like when the light's nice, we're riding, Yeah, you know? And then I'm like, I don't want to miss the session. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, rarely do I get to shoot that. So a lot of the times it's just like travel stuff or like, you know, pull it out of the bag when like maybe a build's going on and I'll just kind of have it around to capture like the moments of like what we're doing and like the progression and, um, and then like, yeah, travel stuff like in a cool city or like someone's taking us on like a cool little adventure. Like I'll bring the camera and like trying to capture some moments, but that's, that's about the most of it. Do you, have you ever thought about doing like a book or like some kind of like coffee table book or some kind of like something like that? Cause over the years, man, you just have so much dope shit. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. Like, it would be sick to do. I feel like the last couple years I've just been so off the back with taking photos. But I was like, I kind of like had that ambition. I'm like, it'd be cool just to like at some point just put a whole bunch of photos together and make a couple little like zines or coffee books for like just a bunch of friends. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like I feel like I fell off a little bit. The time, un- too. unfortunately, yeah. They're just like I have folders and folders of images that just like live on a hard drive of my computer. Yeah, but um, one day I think you know there's plenty more years of cool stuff going on where I'm like I'll build up a good catalog and then when it's like it'll be a good time and I'll be like yeah throw a bunch in there. Who who do you look at nowadays that you think kills it when it comes to that? Like it not doesn't have to be mountain biking. It doesn't have to be action sports like i think for me the people like the two people i really look at the most and enjoy the most is your stuff and john john florence oh thanks and i think that he had a similar not like a similar model but like i think well, i guess you could just say like but he has a similar model you know he's like just it's, going out there and he's kind of capturing the moments that yeah, are like that are like from crew. his his vision as well not like he he has his crew like he has yeah. like i mean he's probably got more of a setup than than i do you know like he doesn't need to be taking photos. Like he's kind of like things are captured, Yeah. but like he loves that aspect of it and he takes cool photos and he like has fun with it. Cause it's like another element of like his life that he enjoys. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm, I'm very much the same way. It's like more just like a pleasure thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, takes your mind away from like everything else that's going on. Like, mm. like we do these crazy projects you know, and like we get this location, we're only going to be here once in our life. No, no, no. And like, mm. I'm so invested in everything that's going on. It's like, sometimes I just need to take like five minutes to step back and like take a cool photo or yeah. like just take it in. That's my way of like stopping myself from like my like kind of managing everything that's going on and like mm. worrying about things to be like, this is cool. We're here. I need this for like the memory books. And you just like, and there's things that are like, happened throughout the build you're like whoa that's a crazy thing or this this is a you know crazy light that comes through this place or a weird plant or like a funny thing that's been going on with the crew and like you're like i just need to capture this moment and so yeah that's why the you know little film cam or a little digi cam is just nice to have around and 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 get those because like again like it's almost the nostalgia of it like in 10 years i'll look back at Mm. these and be like check this out this and there's a story behind it for me but it'll just be so much more interesting like to be like check this like look what we did yeah 
Yeah. You know, these places might not even exist in 10 years. Yeah. And the, the thing with the phone, like I am, um, I've sort of, I've tried to get off Instagram lately, like just in terms of it not being on my phone. Yeah. Like I just, I found myself fucking way too many times. I just stand waiting for an elevator, waiting. Right. For, that's actually what did it for me when we were in Dubai and I was in an apartment every day I had to wait for the elevator. As soon as I pressed the button, I took my phone out. And like you saw that, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is weird. But you're in Dubai and it's probably insane looking just at everything. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I should just be looking at what's in front of me. Yeah. yeah. And then it's funny. So like, I'm, I go, yeah, I'm clipping that. I'm clipping it off the phone. Like I still do all my, sh- I don't post any of yeah. our stuff. Like the boys do it, yeah. but it's like, I can still do the DMs. I can still reply to messages. Yeah. I'll, but you do put, it like it's emails. Like you're like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and yeah. I'm going to like do, consume do, it do that way. The same? No, I, I don't. I, I, I try and be good about it. And like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to like be up to date with Instagram to see what's going on. And then I'd find myself like, I do what I need to do. And then I'm like, then I'm kind of like aimlessly scrolling. Cause I like, I've lost the like concentration on what my task was, you know, like what I was about to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, it can be bad for sure. But I've noticed that. So since I did that, I started shooting like with that more because I'm like, I'm not as on my phone. And then, you know, the other day, like I was at Glen Helen and I was there late. I got there late. I was there late. I was the last dude on the track. Like there was just no one. Oh, I showed you the photos. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm like, in that moment, that's normally a thing where you just put it straight on Instagram. So you go, yep. you take the photo with the fucking, and it's just not like, I, there's, it doesn't really give you that. It feels like data. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a photo, if that makes sense. And yeah, I've noticed lately, I want to take more photos cool. now that I don't, if that's not better for you yeah yeah and it's like and i they, i ended up putting them on instagram they were better photos than because you took the been. time and you curated it a little better and you're like whatever you did maybe you played with them a bit or yeah yeah and i just like the but the moment was cooler for me yeah like it wasn't the phones in the car like it just doesn't it, yeah. want the track like don't i'm not scrolling in between motos or whatever so then it's like i'm not on my phone at all i'm not going to use it to take these photos i'm not going to be on instagram taking the photo to then be on it like i just was so much more in the moment i just had like my fucking yeah. camera you and the track and it's like sunset and you're like this is yeah it was just sick. cool yeah. yeah just having that moment and it just felt i just felt a lot more connected to that moment and like what you said about you're, I just need five minutes. Because I remember at Farm Jam, like I actually run the photo you took of me as my WhatsApp Sick. thing. For nice. Like literally <laughs> years. But yeah, it was like you were just kind of cruising around taking photos, yeah. you know, like, and it, that's the vibe that it gave off is like, I'm just chilling. Like I'm yeah. just taking, I'm very, it kind of forces you to be connected to the moment. Yeah. In, taking it in. Yeah, for sure. In yeah. a way that, you know, I, again, it's maybe like, we're not these days. We don't have Farm Jam anymore. It's like, those are like, that was like how many one. farm jams am I going to go to? Like, there's the craziest dudes in the world here. I'm like, just roam around and like take a couple snaps and, you know, try and yeah, capture this, capture this and just have it to look back on. That That's a, like a crazy place that is the literally the bottom of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there's nothing, like if you just walk, you just get to water and then if you get on a boat and go straight, like that's it. You just hit the fucking ice. You hit the end of the world. It's over. And it's like all of the best dudes in so many disciplines come there with zero ego. It's all fun. It's just like literally a week long jam at the bottom of the world with the craziest, best ever 
it's amazing yeah. that that place and the fact that it doesn't happen every year as well you know it's super I, special i wonder if they'll surely that's got to be another one at some point i don't know yeah you heard anything i haven't but I, I i like whatever like on social or something like text message or like i'll talk to dan and brett a little bit like just just randomly here and there and like there you just you know those dudes are just as fired up oh yeah on bikes and moto and everything as they ever were so i'm like it's in there like i could see them being like you know what this is the time let's do something cool again whether it's farm jam or maybe it's something different i just i i think those dudes are just like they're they're purists at heart Pure, like, yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah they're cool oh that is cool so uh rampage just went down you weren't there this year no unfortunately not um what yeah what's the story with that because that's kind of like you're a pretty big big deal at rampage yeah i mean at at some point i won't be there you know like it won't be a forever thing right but uh yeah i mean i I did i I was hoping to be there that was the idea like from the beginning of the year it was like and kind of even after like how last year went down and and everything i was like it was a different experience for me and like normally like there's sometimes I look at Rampage and I'm just like, I don't want to do this, mm. you know? And then there's other times where I'm like really motivated for it. But like after last year and then like, I just like, I had a really good time with the crew out there. And like, although I didn't feel like a hundred percent prepared, like it was like obviously a lot going on. And like, like even before, like, you know, the, the whole rally thing got decided and everything like that, I was like, I was kind of in between project and Rampage anyways. Mm. So I was like, you know, I was like, I just felt a bit scrambled, but like I had a good time at the event and then I was like, I'd be good to just like come back into this, like totally like fresh fresh slate again and just like, yeah, more prepared. And I was, I was, I was definitely feeling it. Um, but then, so that project that I tried to do the year before kind of, you know, we were like, we pushed it a year to be like, okay, let's make sure we get it all dialed and like the land permits are dialed and everyone's happy and there's no problems with the landowners and this yeah, and that. The boxes so, are ticked. Yeah. So we like, we have a whole year, you know, and then the, the locations like very strict on like, they're like, you get this window mm. and these are your days. Like, like I didn't get to just be like, well, I'm going to, I think I'm going to show up Wednesday. Actually, you know, I'm going to show up Friday now. It was like, it was like you show up this day and you have to leave this day. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have like, as much room to play with this one and like there's cattle and like there's other stuff going on that they use the property for and there's like you know there's there's aspects of it and obviously weather and things like that too so in the spring they're like these are the dates you know i got the dates there's obviously at this point there's no rampage dates but i when i was looking at the dates i was like cool this should be good like it's like a good time of year to be building filming out there um so it was like kind of mid late september into like the beginning of october I was like, that'd be perfect. Cause I'm like, rampage is always like, I mean, in the last number of years, a couple of years, it's been late October. So I'm like, I can do this project. I'll still get a bit of time at home to like, I can kind of prepare a bit before and then get the project done and prepare a bit after maybe the week and get all my stuff dialed, show up to rampage. And then rampage dates came out and they're like Just 10, smack 10 12 days yeah. earlier. So I'm like, I was, and I was like, and again, I'm like trying to do the logistics of like, okay, like if we get the shoot done this day and then I, you know, it's like a 15 hour drive home. And then I have to like, I have to get on a different bike because I wasn't riding the same bike of the project as I would be at Rampage. And then like, okay, the build crew is going to be with me on this project. Are they going to be just like totally cooked? And like, we're going to all go to Rampage after like 
digging in the desert for two to three weeks and then just do it all again for another two weeks. And I was like, you know, we were all, we were all like talking about it. We're like, is this realistic? And then, you know, it was basically if I didn't finish the project on time, um, I would have about 12 hours at home before <laughs> I'd have to fly to Utah. Yeah. Let's so not. it was like, it's kind of like, a, you know, I was, and then I was, it was really just weighing out like, am I going to do this project? Or am I going to do rampage? Yeah. And then, you know, my, my decision was like, again, like I feel like I've prepared for this project. I think it's going to be, you know, what I'll do in this project is going to be as or more exciting than anything I'm going to, I'm going to bring to rampage, you know? So rampage is the same venue. I've been there five or six times already. And I was just like, I just, I couldn't let go of the project. I was like, I gotta do the project. It's just like, I feel like there's more, there's more, more potential, behind, yeah. potential value in it to me. And like, I, I feel like people will look at it like, oh, he wasn't at Rampage. That's lame. No, no, no. But I'm like, then the project will come out. And hopefully that's like, hopefully I'm giving you like the best version of me mm. instead of giving you something that was like, like obviously the best I could do at that venue, but like something that seems fresher, like Rampage, like, like I said, it's, it's an older venue. It's been there for so long. And I'm like, I've ridden down the venue so many times. I'm like, there's only so many things you can do differently. It's kind of racing again. Yeah, in exactly. A yeah. yeah. I'm like, like you back into, I'm not as challenged anymore. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm just doing the same thing again. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to feel like that. Yeah. Not that like the ambition with Rampage is always to kind of bring something new. And I would have tried my best to do that, but I just didn't feel like I had as much room to do that. Yeah. And I was like, with this video project, I'm like, I've got a, a location that no one's touched on a mountain bike before. And it's really cool. And I've got a bunch of ideas and this and that, and like, I'm ready for it. Um, so there was basically that overlap. I did the project. I just decided, I was like, you know what, if there's any year to skip rampages this year, I'll go back the next year. You know, it is what it is. It sucks. It was a bummer not to be there, but at the same time, I'm like, I, th I think it's a good exercise as well just to like, for me to step away from the event and almost start to look at it from like a spectator's point of view. Cause I'm always on site. I'm watching all this thing, all these yeah, you're things in, in it. I'm watching the other competitors firsthand and practice and the builders yeah. and stuff. So it's kind of nice to like look at it from like an outsider's perspective and then be like, what makes this event cool and get kind of like re energized on the event of like, you know, this is pretty wild. This is really cool. You know, I'd love to be there with everyone. And like, maybe when I do it next time, maybe I'll have a bit of a different approach because from what I saw is like just as more of a spectator, someone looking from the outside, I'm like, there's aspects of it that I didn't really like think of. Cause I'm just always mm. there. And it's always like, I expect people to know certain things or I expect people to understand certain things, but I'm like, well, maybe you'll just do it differently. Or there's ways to like, you know, capture things differently while I'm there. And we're, we're like doing the experience and I'm sharing it with people on my social media or if we do another video piece. So again, good exercise sucks not to be there. I am excited for this project. It's, you know, we're, we're working on the edit now. So hopefully in the next few months, you know, could be a, 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 a month to three months, we'll put this out. Um, but yeah, it was, a, you know, the shoot was successful and, and that was awesome. And then the one plus side of that was, you know, it, there was the last um, round of the rally championship. So I still got to get in the car as well, which was kind of nice as just like an end of the year, like nice way to, kind of just be like cool I'm full done. full season like yeah, we did yeah. it like we did this huge project like crazy build long shoot days got this project done and i got to jump in the car a week later and and just like go have some fun and 
just feel like I've like kind of ticked all the boxes I wanted throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, minus rampage, obviously, but, um, yeah. So it's bittersweet to be honest, but, uh, I'm excited for, for this thing to, to come together and, and share with everyone. What can you tell people about it that isn't going to give away too much? Um, that's like a, it's a desert location in Canada. Just, just, you know, it's rampage S, but like very different. Like, especially where, when we were on set, it was like building was like, it was challenging, like super challenging, but it just, it opened up the doors for like different features or like how you could kind of ride compared to you, like a place like Virgin Utah, like it was a lot more like sandstone. So you could like shave things mm. out and it would be like, it would stay it packed. Hold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, so there was like weird kind of formations that we could build off of. It wasn't like the same, like exposure and vertical as, as Utah, but like you had these like kind of more intricate, um, kind of undulations to the terrain. And it's like, dude, it's like a hole in the ground. It's the craziest place in the world. Like you're literally like we, we drove there like with all the gear, you know, and you, you're driving through Alberta and it's just like, if anyone knows Alberta, it's just flat. Like, like you can see miles and it's just like, we'd been driving for, you know, we, once we got out of BC is like, just feel like we've been staring at like, you know, the horizon for 10 hours. And then you just literally like drive into the earth and the horizon just falls away. And then it's just like, boom, this whole zone. It's so insane. Um, so just like, it was really cool from like a riding perspective to get like, a bit creative with some new terrain and then a filming perspective. Cause it's like, it's just a weird place. It's like mm. grass fields. And then this wild, like desert location river kind of going through it. And, um, you know, like the lights really nice in the fall, like rampage is always a bit frustrating because it's like the fall is like the best time ever to film, but like rampage, you like, you've, you've committed, like, especially if you're like putting a lot of practice mm. in before the event it's like you're practicing for a month and then you're in like utah for like almost you know it feels like a month like by the time you recover by the time you get back from it all you're like that was like yeah it's it a was, month of your life going yeah it was yeah. like yeah like full-on so it's like if you're not trying to like stack a video project and right in front of rampage it's like you don't ever really get anything done in the fall so it was nice to be like step back and like not have that pressure of like i need to be at the event like in a couple weeks like if i hurt myself here it doesn't matter. Like I can just, I can go all in on this project instead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just nice to, nice to have the opportunity to film something in the fall and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll be a pretty sick project when it's all wrapped up. Yeah. And it probably does re-inspire Rampage for you. It does. Sense, you know? I mean, dude, like literally I, I did Rampage. That's how it felt. Like, yeah. I'm like, I just did it. Yeah. I was just, wasn't around 60 other people. Yeah. I did my own Rampage. Yeah. Pretty much. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool as yeah. well. So I'm like, it was funny because people were like, oh, like you bummed to miss Rampage. And I'm like, you know, I just got home. I'm like, dude, I just got back from Rampage. Like I was like, <laughs> I literally just spent two, two and a half weeks in the desert. Like I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I don't really need to do that again. You know, and the boys were crushed. I'm like, it would, it would have been a savage move. Like, and, and, and we actually did go a day over and the landowners were cool with us going a day over. We got like super winded out at the end. Um, so yeah, looking at it logistically now, like I wouldn't have actually even been able to get to registration on time Yeah, to okay. fin- if we, if we finished the project the way we did. So, yeah. uh, it all like kind of panned out, you know, if she was successful, like 
yeah, again, just a bummer, but the way it goes and hopefully next year will be, you know, I won't have that over my head. I can just like, you know, if rampage, you know, is, is, is happening and hopefully there's like a, you know, a cool new venue or something like that, or just something switched up a little bit and it'll just be like, you know, re-energized and, and ready to go after a different approach. Yeah. Sweet. So any plans locked in for 2024 that you kind of know about or? To be honest, I have like zero plans, That's you know, there's a, yeah, there's a couple film projects, um, some like a, a personal project I'm trying to wrap up right now, like hopefully get home and get some more stuff done before the snow flies in BC. And then, um, potentially working on another project with SRAM that should be super fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like other than that, like just, you know, some trip ideas, um, just keen to get on the bike in the winter and just, just get a bunch of time just riding and, and thinking about the next things, uh, you know, rampage could be on that list for the fall. And then, um, some, you know, some film ideas I have, but nothing solidified at this point. It's more just like starting to plan out, uh, plan out what that could look like and, and where we could do it. Um, but yeah, like hopefully, hopefully do some good, good trips. Like I'm definitely keen to like travel a bit more again. Like the last few years have been, mm feel like we've been really local with like and I say local I mean like North America with yep. a lot of the projects where I'm like you know if we have to go further to do something like I'd be like pretty keen on that um but yeah just it's kind of a blank canvas at this point like hopefully there'll be motorsport endeavors and hopefully we'll be flat on the bikes and yeah it's just gonna be you know I'm excited for next year I reckon we should try playing something in Dubois to be cool be super cool yeah still never been and yeah after talking about it today I'm like I feel like it's just so crazy. Yeah. It'd be sick to check out. Yeah. That'd be some cool shit. Yeah. That, that moto track was nuts. Yeah. And that's not even, that's just like 20 minutes out. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you can go, we went to this place with, um, Toby, he did the world rally. They did like the Abu Dhabi yeah, 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 yeah. challenge. Totally. And, um, we went into these dunes called, they're called the Lewa dunes and they're like on the border of Saudi Arabia. Like we literally drove to the thing where it says like, unless you're a military vehicle, do not drive past this. You'll get shot. Whoa. And I'm like, cool, this place is fucking wild. And that's just the dunes. And like, it would, it's just, I don't even know what it would be possible there. Right. Like it would be, it would be crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched a bit of it. Like the crazy, cause they have some insane like hill climbs there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I've like just YouTube it. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I'm just curious about it. I'm like, this is wild terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we get maybe we get something like that. Let me do it. Yeah. Well, uh, mate, this has been unreal. I've uh, I said to you in Farm Jam, I reckon that it was like a bucket list podcast. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to. Uh, I always just wanted to get you on and and hear your perspective of yeah, just how you look at you know life and writing and creating and and everything that that you've done. And yeah, you've always been a person that I've really looked up to in um in like a creative sense and then as a fan of people on two wheels i've been a fan in a massive way so you've always been a guy that like really fit my interests in a in a huge way and then met you and you were cool as fuck so it's uh yeah it's definitely been a, a cool experience to sit and get to kind of pick your brain and uh and yeah learn learn a bit about what makes you tick you know yeah absolutely man i i mean thank you so much for having me um almost four years later. I'm sorry it took so long, but, um, small detour to California. You're here. I feel like this is like best case scenario to like sit down and so in, in a proper better, studio. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, good things take time. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was worth the wait and, and thank, thanks for everything. I, I, you know, I appreciate the kind words and, and, um, yeah, stoked to, stoked to catch up soon and, and hopefully ride some bikes and yeah, 
Do some um, more fun things. I'm on the way to BC. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. Let's ne- do it. Never been. And I'll, I'm keen I'll show you around. I'll <laughs> have to. I'll get a moto out and we'll 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 go check some stuff out. Well, Brandon Seminock, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fucking man. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.